I'm waiting to hear that echo. Good morning. No echo. Um, this is good. So is it live on? Instagram? We're not. We yeah. We're on Instagram, but I we are. Let's see here. Oh. Now we're there. It is. Now we're gonna have the echo. <laughs> oh dear lord yeah. no i just had to take it off of uh instagram so what up instagram all right well first of all faith are we on instagram yeah. <laughs> she yeah. i was just like let me know if we're on instagram she's like okay and then doesn't tell me <laughs> you just did after i asked you whatever dude uh, standing for that's what we're talking about today. Well, the, dude, that actually goes a lot along the lines of what I said this morning. This um, is that thought process: is are we standing with God, or are we well, standing yeah, with for, the world? With the world, yeah, and, and that's where it gets frustrated. Is that a lot of people don't understand it? Faith, come here. <laughs> she, she can't stand me. Listen, when she shanks you, I'm just closing my eyes. Just stop, man. I'm just saying. When she shanks you, I'm just closing my eyes. <laughs> I didn't see nothing. <laughs> That's so jacked up, man. What? I love you. Hey, what is it? What is this? This right here. Do you know it? You can't say because we're we're actually live. <laughs> just tell me. It's like you just. I mean, like technically. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, move out of the way and just let me do it real quick. I can't remember what it, I can't remember any, any of the, the, the passwords. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it was. Smile, Faith. It's an amazing day the Lord has made. She's like, God did not make 8.14 in the morning. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were doing other stuff this morning. What are, you, yeah, what are you doing here anyways? Reading the Bible? Well, all right, never mind. I ain't gonna argue that. Make much. sure you, you get the, the blank shirts together. Hey, she's reading the Bible. She's doing <laughs> she's doing real work, okay? Yeah, it's so funny. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you do this. Yeah, yeah, no. You make sure you read the Bible. We'll get the shirts later. All right, Martha. No, no. <laughs> get to work. Right. No, 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 no. Look, Mary, right. you can sit there and do all the yeah. work all you want. <laughs> all right, everybody. What's going on? Good morning. Uh, we're about to bring the, the radio audience back in, and, uh, you know, I hope everybody is having a good day. Uh, you know, this is normally a time where the station is actually closed, and, you know, we're, you know, uh, but we were like, no, we want yeah. we want to be here. We want to be sharing the gospel. Well, this, man, like I said, this is what's crazy about it, is that message the Father put on my heart this morning. Yeah. Time. You know, we think time is infinite in this reality, but in all actuality, it's only infinite in eternity. Well, and this is why I call it standing for God, because we don't have time to waste. And, and you know, so many people want to hear a holiday message or they want to. Oh, I got you know, a holiday It's just like, dude, we don't have. Listen, first of all, when you see a generation of people who are struggling with, you know, identity, that should tell you that there's 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 more that we need to be discussing. That there's something yeah, like, there's something happening because that thing is shiny this morning. <laughs> but there, there's 
There's a reality that thing is glowing. The thing is glowing. The thing is glowing this morning. But but there's a reality, guys, that we have to accept. There's a there's a reality that we have to accept and a responsibility that we have to accept. Well, you you don't get this. What what bothers me about people? How we can see the toxicity of our culture, of our society. We can see it clearly. Right. And then we just like, oh, well, you know, we can't address it because we We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. We don't want to speak the truth that's in scripture because we know it's going to bother. Or we don't want to break a tradition because it's like, you know, if, if somebody wanted to declare war on us, do you think they would go, oh, yeah, let's make sure we spend time celebrating? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's yeah. their Christmas. It's, we can't yeah. do this. And and this is part of the problem is that we don't understand the urgency that's happening right now. When we make a stand for God, if you want to know why, you want to know, hey, what's up, what's up, uh, current FM family, how you doing? Uh, but if you want to know why there, there's so much deception going on, it's because the body of Christ allows it. You know what I mean? Instead right. of us, we don't, oh, we don't, we've got to respond to the urgency with God's consistency, not panic. Nope. Not freaking out, but with God's consistency. And 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 this is part of the struggle that I think people have. Uh is when you're making a stand for God. First of all, when you're making a stand for God, just so you know, things will bother you that oh, don't yeah. bother other people. Oh, you'll see things in a certain way that most people are like, Oh, well, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. No, it is. When God says something is bad, guess what? It's bad. It's bad. If it goes against him, it is bad, period. And for us to sit here and, like, play this little game, like, well, God understands. He's forgiving. He's loving. He's, you know, he's merciful. You're right. He is. But he's also jealous. Yeah. He's also wrathful. He's also vengeful. I mean, he is the avenger. Like, he tells us, do not take a revenge for yourself. Madison Downs is watching. What's going on, Madison? Morning, morning. Yeah, you know, and, and this is the thing, you know, oh, brother, man, you would love Madison, man. He, <laughs> this brother, this dude is stands on the word. Come on. He's, he's definitely Sounds a, like Hebrew, a good brother then. He's a Hebrew brother that, that stands by the word. Uh, and, and, and this is the As thing. As we should. The issue is that he stands on it, by it. <laughs> he's he's a... He's As a, we should. First Hebrew chaplain in the military, in the army. No way. Yeah, first that Hebrew chaplain. You know what I mean? And and that's the thing is that, you know, what I say is one of the reasons it, it's so interesting how we'll isolate the or, or uh, the people who speak the word is just like, hey, this is what the word says. And it, it'd be different if people didn't claim to believe it. You know what I mean? That's part of the problem is like, you know, we say we believe, but it's like what we really mean is like we believe that and we believe this. And no, we believe what this. we believe is what we like, not right. what we dislike. If I don't like something, then I'm no, just going to no. throw that out of scripture. Right. And we have to understand that American culture is not accurate according to scripture. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, <laughs> culture overall now, the worldly culture has been derived from American culture in the past hundred years easily. And so many have gone along that lines that their governments, and I hate to say it, some of these governments have done the right thing. Like, they don't even like, like, I think we were discussing this the other day that, you know, in China, they don't even let their people have that TikTok that we have. Right. Like, that should say something to people. 
when America is now the negative influence. Yeah. And we and here's the thing is that the people who celebrate the the degrading of morality and the degrading of righteousness, the degrading of the Jesus, these are people that always wanted to do whatever they wanted to do in the first place. Right. But they yet never, they say they stand with God. Right. Do you know how many people believe that uh, that and, and you know this is this is where we've got to accept the fact that we've got to do better. You know what I mean? We've got to do better. But most people don't want to accept the fact that we got to do better. Well, they just were grace. This is where that hyper grace comes in, though. Right. This is the problem with this whole teaching and that, you know, no matter what, God forgives you. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't. And scripture doesn't line up with that. You know, I mean, there's a reason why if, if God forgave us for everything and anything that we do, then there's no reason that anybody's name should ever be removed from the Bible. Or from the Lamb's Book of Life, let me say. There's no reason that he should be telling people that our believers, whether you want to get it behind that statement or not, when he says, when they come to him and say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, did good works in your name, we did great miracles in your name. And he's going to look at them and say, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of inequity. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting how everyone assumes that that scripture is about someone else. Yeah, it's about non-believers. Like most yeah. of the time, they're like, oh, that's not believers. Then why are they saying, Lord, Lord, we did these things in your name? There's no non-believer out there being like, guess what, guys? I'm here to do great deeds in Jesus Christ's name, but I don't believe in you. Right. There's not. There's not going to be one non-believer. Most of the time, non-believers that are doing good things, they're doing it because that's what they want to do. And they believe that their good deeds are going to be what gets them into whatever higher elevation of life after this life. That's what they believe. They think their good deeds and good works are going to be what saves them. Well, it's not just that. They also think that they're that God's going to approve everything that they say and do. Right. You know what I mean? And and what this does is limit the passion for change, the passion to be better. Right. When you we like human nature goes like this. Uh, once I get what I want, now I can act how I want. A lot of people think money changes things when really money exposes who you really are. You see what I mean? Uh, when you can be who you are without consequence, right? So I can be, you know, if I, it, it, it's, it's interesting when you make, a lot of people make money and they say, oh, so-and-so forgot where they come from. The truth is they knew exactly where that's they were they, at. That's, that's who they were the yeah. whole time. They yeah. just didn't have the means to be that person in front of others. Like when I look at hip hop, Hip hop doesn't love the, the the black people. Hip hop doesn't love the ghetto. Hip hop doesn't love the streets. Why do you think when they make this money, they don't go back to the streets? They, why do you think when they their their first album talks about the hardship of life, right? But the next album, it'll be about the McLarens and the Lamborghinis and the women and the house and the cars and the and the, the place that they can travel and the it's the type of things. And it's like yo. And then the people they leave behind are buying their albums, right? Supporting, supporting them. them, and everybody. Oh, I didn't need anybody to do it. I didn't need anybody to do this. But like you this. do. But you do. You needed your fan base. The fan base that you're ripping apart. The fan base that you're tearing down. That's what the guy D One is going around talking about, right? And so now the hip hop culture is being devastated because they're going. Wait a minute. We did. We bought this one guy, uh, Rick Ross. He goes. We bought twenty thousand chickens. So 20,000 turkeys. And the dude, D1, goes, turkeys? 
What about the millions of lives that destroyed that are being destroyed because they listen to your music? What I'm saying, folks, is that we have neglected the power of influence and we've neglected the power of influence from God. So, you know, you and I were just talking, right? A little bit earlier outside. One John three. We're going to start at verse three. Yeah. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. This is talking about Christ right there, right? This is saying we are going to purify ourselves like he has purified himself. Now, how did Christ become pure and holy and righteous and true? Well, you got to go back to the Old Testament, and it states very clearly what is holy, true, pure, righteous, and all this. That's the law of God. So then you continue to read, and it says, Whoever committeth sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is not what we sit here and dictate as sin. Sin is what God has said is sin is. All right, now go to John 3. Okay. Now, this is where a Pharisee, a person of the law, is talking to Christ. And it's very okay. poetic and it's beautiful. Now, we know John 3, 16. But I want you to do me a favor. Since there's no actual Bible verses in the Bible, most mm -hmm. people don't know this. But they added Bible verses right. in to help people remember it. So read John 3, 16 to about 22. Check this out. Okay. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever so believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God, and that, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light. So this is condemnation. Keep reading. <laughs> because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So the fact is, is that people that do evil mm -hmm. hate the light. Right. And what is the light? No, it's, it's truth. It's Christ. It's, it's, it's Christ. It's but, but let's go back. But let's go back. The law is the light. This, this, the, is, this is where scripture defines yeah. scriptures, guys. You've got to make sure that you're defining scripture with scripture. And we know that the New Testament was not there during the times of the apostles in Christ. Yeah, so, it was being created. It was being lived out. Mm -hmm. So when they're sitting here talking about all this stuff, you have to make sure that you understand what, where they're coming from. Where were they coming from? They were coming from the Torah and the prophets. Right. Madison says, many of those hip-hop artists are encouraged to deliver horrible music and message by those who own the industry. Revelations do not. Mm -hmm. Now, what he's talking about there is like that, synagogue of satan people oh, yeah. the, the people that say that they are hebrews and are not which is very true you know because the thing is that they're literally being encouraged now he used the word encouraged because sometimes he likes to play nice but they're wow, being yeah. paid to poison their own people so just so y'all guys know revelation 2 9 i know thy works and tribulations and poverty but thou art rich and i know the blasphemy of them which say they are jews and are not but are are the synagogue of Satan. Now, there's no confusion. So we know that sin is the transgression of the law. Condemnation is 
hating that light has come into the world and your evil deeds mean more than the light. Now we know that there are those that call themselves Jews, but are not. Tell me this isn't coincidental. So this morning, out of nowhere, I was talking with the Father and I, I was scrolling through my Bible app just up and down saying, Father, guide me to where you want me to listen, where you want me to go to in Scripture this morning. Takes me to Proverbs. Right. And this all right here. Because see, the wise, if you rebuke a wise man, he becomes more wise. You rebuke a just man, he, he becomes he becomes more righteous. Now, if you rebuke, uh, rebuke a fool, what happens? <laughs> he rejects it. He rejects you. He becomes scornful. <laughs> he becomes hateful towards you. Right. See, and this is the problem. Now, how do we know what righteousness in all this is? We know that by the law of God. This is what I'm trying to tell people. Like, see, this is what confused Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 5, he makes a declaration. He goes, these are poor. And the reason why they're poor is because they don't know the ways of God. But then he goes to the great men, but he was basing their greatness based off their assets and stature. And he goes, oh, they've all lost their way. This is when you see that the condemnation of God starts to move into a culture, oh, into is, a city. It's coming. Because he goes, from the least to the greatest, they have all lost their you, way. You know what? Now, check this out. When the Romans get involved, which honestly is European culture, uh, when I, I didn't say white people, I said uh, European, European culture, Roman concepts, Roman thinking, the spirit of Rome is off. That Alexander the Great concept, that Alexander the, the people of the North concept, and the things that come against God are from other mindsets, other nations that try to oh. infiltrate the people of God. And this is why the, the, the real warfare is fought through influence. Yeah. If you're making a stand for God, you are becoming a conduit for the influence you're of heaven. Standing to, on the word of God, right. which yes, Christ is the word of God manifested in the flesh. But let me tell you a little secret. The word of God that was spoken about in the New Testament was the Old Testament. <laughs> the that old? is the law. That is the prophets. <laughs> that is the information. Like when I see Jews, I mean, listen, I love you, my brothers and sisters. And I understand that when you come to Christ, it's an amazing thing. But when you turn your back on your first love, your first love, what is our first love? That is the law of God given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Well, and so, so here's the thing. That, that is that the word People don't understand. God. And it, and it, 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 it so the Lord says, no, no, I'm delivered from it. No, I'm delivered. Delivered from what? Okay, I'm going to show you something because this is what's interesting. All the law does is it, it, it makes you look at what your culture stands for. And you go, wait a minute. Why am I, why am I saying I'm delivered from the law? Because the, the law isn't going to condemn you because we have the righteousness of Christ. Right. We, we have, so we're protected, but we still get to honor the law, right? Now, you, when you first came here, one of the things you said, just like, dude, everyone talks about, well, then you'd have to honor all 236,000. Three, well, 360. Uh, whatever, three hundred and, yeah, remember that? And I laughed because... And I laugh because you're like, do you know how many laws we obey in a day to the point Driving where it's road. habitual, right? The, the law tells us how fast we go. We don't always go it. That's why we can't complain when we go. Oh, we go five over. miles so, over. We just, but you're still breaking bit. the law. Oh, right. And then, you know, this is what I'm saying. We'll, 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 we'll sign a contract and then not be made of our word and make the contract. You know what I mean? We'll, this is the types of things that I'm talking about. We're always obeying something. Always. And so God watches us obey all these things. And then when it comes to him, we got all these excuses. Look at the American laws. 
Look at American laws. Just look at how many laws that every day you wake up and walk outside, you're already abiding in. And you do it instinctively. And let me tell you a little secret. You want to hear the craziest part about it? The 613 laws in the Bible, most of them you already follow. Right. But you're not following them For because God. of God. Right. You're following them because man says it's wrong, what, and the other not point, God. What's, other, what's also funny about it is not only are these laws that we follow here in America, but each state has its own law. Oh, yeah, dude, you, you don't even want you, you might go to one state and the, the speed limit is this. You go to another state, the speed limit is that. You go to another state, it's right turn on red. Another state is not a right turn on yeah. red. So no, you turn. You're yes, not going to. God knows how you know how to obey. Oh, yeah. When money's involved, you'll show up. You know what I mean? Watch this. You can stand by and watch somebody get beat up. And you go, I'm going to call the police instead of policing it yourself because yeah. you don't want to get in trouble because you don't want to get sued. And you go, well, I call the police. How about doing both? Do both. How about call the police? Get involved. And You're like, hey, involved. listen, I'm about to intercede in this in this battle. I mean, and then the person, separate the, the, the person on the phone say, no, don't get involved because you can get hurt. Well, it's like, yo, I'd rather get hurt for, sac for sacrifice. Oh, so I'm, yeah, I'm about to say, so I'm going to watch this person literally get murdered. Right. And I'm not supposed to try but to But notice the only time that it's permitted to get involved in something is if you're getting paid for it. So people now have to pay to go to psychiatrists when they can actually go to a friend. They can actually go to see. They can actually go to a pastor. They can actually get godly counsel. They can actually, but I should so, have went to the restroom. So if, there, started this conversation. <laughs> if there's a fire, right? Then it's like, oh, call the fire department yeah. because we don't want to run in and help somebody. Then the fire gets worse. All I'm saying is sometimes that you can see someone's life burning down and they need the word of God before it gets too bad. But what we do is we wait till a person actually flips out, goes crazy. Then we want to make a stand. You know, when it's too late. We we want to we want to make a stand when someone's going crazy. Then we want to judge people as we stood back and threw worthless advice over the fence, and we stood back and didn't form real relationship. As we stood back and let a person go into isolation, and you know, and 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 then and then we want to talk about how terrible the world is. What did we do to make the world a better place? What did, did we get involved? Did we were are we really people of sacrifices or are we a bunch of cowards with poetic words? And, you know, and when I look at the amount of stuff that goes on in our churches today, right? And I'm going, hey guys, we are we gonna do something real for God, or are we just gonna sit around and quote poetry? Because after a while, the Bible just becomes poetry, folks. It just becomes a book to read that you're never gonna actually apply and makes you feel better. It's the same thing as sitting down and watching Netflix. <laughs> Eventually, you read the Bible, and if you if you're not gonna if if you're just gonna be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, the Bible is great entertainment. It's a great book, but but if you're gonna actually apply the word of God to your life, you know this is where like when do you see me typically? When you come in here in the mornings and I'm here, what do you typically you're see like, me doing? Listening to the shofar, listening, listening to the shofar, listening to some word. scripture, reading the word, doing something. And even when I leave here, guess what? Let me tell you a little secret. When I get in my truck, I'm either listening to some, some Christian music until I hear Christmas music, and then I turn it off. And then I'm talking with the Father. I'm just being honest. I don't like it. <laughs> I can't stand it. But it's okay if you do. Listen, that's between you and God at the end of the day, guys. I'm going to tell you everything right here, right now. I don't care what you do. You can eat pork. You can eat all the unclean foods. That's fine. You're right. Scripture, You can. we can all manipulate Scripture to fit our needs. But what I'm going to tell you is I would rather be certain that I am following God, not only in Christ, 
but in what Christ actually represented and in who he is, which is the law of God. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's interesting with all the misguidedness, with all the misinformation, with all the replacement theology, with all the false teaching, that people just go, well, I guess I know what's best for me. When did you start knowing what's best for you? Last I checked, scripture even tells us our hearts are deceitful. And to lean not to your own understanding. But what do we keep doing? Listening to ourselves. Hey, hey, you you can follow your heart. Yeah. You know what's best for you. No, you don't. You'll find yourself in Gehenna, you know, (laughs) Gehenna, you know, like, like, dude, and this is the thing. There is a place where trash goes and then, you know what I mean? And then nobody wants it. It's like, well, what do you say? The furnace. You know what I mean? Like, like, listen, guys, I need you to understand that everyone has a role to play. Oh, yeah. And, and, And this is the thing. This is the cool free will is the free will is. The ability to choose which role you're going to play. Either you're going to play the role of the righteous and actually get the reward of the righteous, or you're going to play the role of the condemned. Because God does. Listen, God is totally cool with whatever you decide. He has a plan. If you decide condemnation, there's a plan for you in condemnation. If you have a, if you want to be in the righteousness of God, now, now I want you to think about this. Are you either this crazy or this brave? To say, well, you know, I choose not to believe any of it. I'll figure it out when I get there. Well, just make sure when you're figuring out to get there, make sure you're prepared to be in awe of things you've never seen. Make sure you're prepared to realize, oh, man, I, once you take your last breath, you got to go, I might have made a mistake. I'm still here. I'm still going. Where are you going? Who are you talking to now? Do you know the difference between the presence of God and Lucifer? Do you know the, the, the what if you what if you're so disconnected you can't t- oh. see I know the presence of God so when I die I know how it's going to Come feel on. to be in this presence. Come on. You can't deceive me. You can't. You know what I mean? Well, no. that's why like you and I have been having this conversation. Like I feel like people have been trying to plant this or not people, but the principality's been trying to plant this little doubt, this little seed of doubt that God keeps like ripping up. Like, and I had to actually start a fast, like because I'm not hundred percent sure. Maybe that little doubt or that little <laughs> the enemy is just sitting there been trying to play a little game. So what am I doing? Oh, that's right. There's a scriptures that they decided to take out fasting. How do we deny ourselves even more in this world if we're already denying everything? We we're the fast most, we're and the most obese nation in the world because like like because fasting isn't part of our culture. This is what I want you guys to see is that it's so funny how when people say you know, like when I say that the European culture really distorted the word of God, which it oh, did, because the European culture is a part of the Roman culture. It's a it's a descendant of the Roman culture. Well, America kind of got away for that when when that's why America broke away from Great Britain. That's why America broke away. But then from they went and did this stuff anyway. Even worse. You want to know why? Because desperation will make you betray yourself. See, and that's just it. That's and that's what happened. Ooh, that's they were so desperate. They were so desperate to establish this country that they stopped caring who they invited in. So they started. First of all, it wasn't theirs in the first place. So instead of reconciling, then they tried to just go along with it and build on error. And when the wind blows and the storms come, they're going to just you know that's away. what guys. America is in danger. And there is oh, no time, no waste. Danger ain't even the word. For We've it. got to reconcile. You know what's with crazy God. is you start looking at the timing of all this. Look at the timing. So what if 
what are most Americans, dude, every time I turn around, you listen to sermons, you talk to preachers, you talk to any congregation right now, what are they so concerned about? Are they actually focused on what's going on in Israel? Are they focused what's going on in the world? Or are they focused on Christmas? Right. And they're focused on Christmas, but I got to no, tell you this. Guys, okay. I got to tell you this. That Revelation 2.9 is real, too. Because they're, they're, listen guys, e even the people of God have to be aware that there are people that say they are Jews and are not. You know yeah. what I mean? So this goes for, this goes for well, Gentile believers. This goes well, for Hebrew, who, Hebrew stuff. Grafted in. Yeah. This, this those goes are also, the, those are the grafted in Jews. Let's this, be honest. This goes for everybody. Everybody. You know, you know, and so this is why it's so important. When, when you start really seeing it and you start seeing, first of all, we have such an advantage because we have the word of God. When you we start, when you start seeing the word of God say something, and then you look up and watch it happen on the news, right. and you're watching other people try to figure out, the you you should automatically be thinking, "This is my advantage. Is. This is the benefit." Guys, I got a surprise for you. Most people don't read their word, whether they call themselves mm -hmm. believers or not. Most people don't even think about the things of They're God. So, so what they do is when they get all their information from the news and maybe some Christian worship songs. That's what we've been missing, man. What's that? I need a little bit of a... Uh... <laughs> That's what my spirit was looking for this morning, I guess. <laughs> well, this is just it, dude. This is the whole point. It's like, what are we doing? And just so you guys know, I did want to read this real quick. Matthew 5, starting at verse 17. Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And now that word fulfill, most people take that word fulfill as finished. Right. Y'all understand that. That word's not finished. It's to make replete. Go look it up in the Greek. It is to make replete, which means to bring it to its fullness. To its fullness. Not completed. Because if you read it again, it said, I did not come to abolish. Means he didn't come to he didn't come to destroy it, get rid of it, to nail it to the cross as most people perceive it. He came to make it better, not easier. Because by making it better, now we don't have to worry about sacrifices for sin. But what we should be focused on is ensuring that we do not sin. So we go back to 1 John 3, 4, where it says what sin is. And sin has always been and always will be transgression of god's law you know what's funny is that Ooh. when people when people sit there and try to make it seem like sin is this sin is this <gasps> no no sin is not that sin is not sin what your pastor tells you sin is sin unless he's saying one john three four well here's the thing is that the scripture makes it very clear very very clear what sin is the issue is that it says uh medicine now says according to the book of jasher uh, uh Rome, Rome, Britain, etc., was created and developed by the sons of Esau. The land was originally named Kitten, Kittim, uh, by spell, yeah, my spelling may be off, That's but right. but uh, yeah, the, so Rome, Great Britain, guys, you got to understand. So, I tell Gentiles this I go, if you are a Gentile, you may want to understand your Gentile heritage so that you can understand how the paganism affects when the spirit of God and the word of God rises up, what the spirit of God is going to be challenging. I'm about to say something really, really bad. What's that? But I'm way more Jewish than most Jews. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I am. Yeah. I, I'm too, like, I'll be honest. I'm too Jewish for the Jews or I'm too Jewish for the Christians and I'm too Christian for the Jews. Right. But I think it's that narrow path. This is where you have to abide in what God has sent us. What has God sent us? He sent us two things so far. He sent us the law, which was in the Old Testament, 
and he sent us Christ, the blood that covers us now. But you, in the New Testament, you know those so two things. The reason why you can say that is because that the the purpose of Christ was to create this one new man, yes. right? And that newness is going to be quite offensive to a. Uh, it's going to be quite offensive to everybody who's stagnant, stoic, and stayed. Everybody who's stuck. The the new man is going to be able to do it. This is one of the things that you know that that is problematic for people of faith because they don't understand that you're not going to put God in a box. He's always going to do whatever he wants to do. He's always he's got all yeah. He's not controlled by what you think he's controlled. He's an unlimited. He's not a limited God. Just so when you're trying to put your limited perspective on unlimited God, you're the one that's going to be made a fool. When you try to put a, a, an unlimited, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're like you're gonna be a fool. You you you're gonna be made a fool. When you try to put an unlimited or a limited perspective on an unlimited guy. So I also want so just so everybody out there, before you get upset about what I just said, there's a reason why we have to stand on the old testament and new testament as the one testament of our God, as the truth in which we follow. I want you to go to Revelations 12, 17. So the dragon became enraged at the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring. Those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua or Jesus. Then I want you to flip over to Revelations 14 and go to verse 12. Let me make sure I'm in the right spot. Down here to 12. And it says, here is the perseverance of the Kedoshim, which is the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua, Jesus. Now, see, that's not once, but twice in the same book. That's at the end. And it says what? Faith and testimony in Jesus, Yeshua. And what? Twice it states it very clearly. Keeping God's commandments. Why separate the two names? I understand. You want to know why? Because I think most modern churches don't want to admit they're too cowardly to follow, so they hide behind. So, the, hide. so, 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 grace is a wiggle room, right? Not demeaning His grace, not demeaning the purpose of grace, but, but the interpretation of grace. What using they, they, they right. were, this is what people, this is what modern churches like to do. You know, we like to go. Well, grace is that place where you know you can just do whatever you want, and they go and call it grace. Like I'm just, I, I'm in grace. I, I can do it, but you're really saying I can do what I want. Rebellious, rebellious, undisciplined people. There is no will. There is no sacrifice for willful sin. Right. What is sin? But here's the thing. John 3. Here's the thing, though. Most modern Christians are not. First of all, I can't even stand that word. Uh, But most modern, most modern Christians, right? Most modern Christians don't read their Bible. These are these are all facts. Okay, this is not just so you know. I'm not just saying general. You can't say that, like, guys. Mm-hmm. Seriously, first of all, I can say what I want. <laughs> Second thing is, most modern Christians don't read their Bible. No, no. you know, I mean, like that's the like seriously. That's or they read the New Living Translation and that's it. Right. You need to take things back into context. Like this right here is the you know the the Living Tree Translation. And dude, it's actually phenomenal. That's the first time I actually read the uh, or the Tree of Life version. Sorry, forgive me. I was thinking of the other one. <laughs> but, but what's interesting is that realistically, 
only in this particular faith do people get to not read it, not devote to it, not commit to Fuck it. Fuck it, to say what it means. Forget to determine it, say what it means, interpret it, and be like, oh, it doesn't mean this. This is what it means to me. This is not poetry. And I want to tell you how the enemy slipped in. And I, and I said this yesterday, and, and you know, I, I know it's going to upset a lot of people. <laughs> the enemy slipped in. See, the father is a creator, and he's creative. He's an artist, right? And what happened was the rebellious, because they don't have a relationship with the father, they tried to replace nature with art. So the art gave them an expanse. And what did people used to say? I want to go to the movies to escape reality. But you didn't realize you were going in from one reality into another dimension where you can now be influenced and become made a fool. You, you can be made a fool by the wrong influence because now you're learning from movies with their half-truth. You're, you're Frankensteining yourself together, a father based off movies. You're Frankenstein. You're listening to negative influences. You're getting ungodly counsel. You're getting inspired by things things that don't honor God because you're going to the movies because you're listening to the music because you then you end up falling in love and getting intoxicated by a wicked culture and the enemy was planning it the whole time I mean the enemy was planning it the whole time listen no what I'm saying is that the satanic church is actually behind a lot of our secular media that we love so much and Madison Downs just brought up the fact that the synagogue of Satan runs the hip-hop industry which is factual Let's and be true. honest the synagogue of Satan runs this world. The synagogue, right? The synagogue. Of if Satan. you're not in your word, you will be deceived. Right. You will be deceived. If you're not, listen. I don't care if you take what him and I say right here now. Go read it yourself. Go see it yourself. Go get in scripture yourself and read it. And you got a bunch of then on the Christian side, they, they're doing the same thing. They talk like just because they're using Christian Christian verses and this and that, they still this just as deceitful behind closed doors because using Christian language or using biblical language is a great way. This to is why it's so hard for me to be a part of something because I'll be honest with everybody, I know who I talk with. I know who guides my steps. I know who guides my words. And the problem is, is I know the influences that I put in my life. The only influences that I have are this, are the Holy, the whole, this right here actually says Holy Scriptures, which is the Holy Bible. Madison Dow says, I think a huge issue is that most folk don't really understand who or what Yehoshua is. Mm. Enoch does explain, though, the law then, flesh then. Then became the uh, conscience of the righteousness. Of the flesh became the conscience of the righteousness in the same manner that is the consciousness of the Father, also known as the wisdom, mighty counselor, etc., etc., which is why in the NT we are encouraged to having us uh, the mind of Christ, Yoshua, wisdom. So I said, no, dude. No, hey, hey Madison, that's good, we, man. That's we're doing the work today, No, no, no. We're doing the work today, brother. Like, yeah. dude, yeah, and so here's the thing is is that first of all, I want y'all to understand something. If you want to know who's real around you, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you straight up. If you want to know who your real friends are, pay attention to the people that's willing to make you uncomfortable. Mm, come on. Do not trust anyone. Do listen to me very carefully. Do not trust anyone that cares more about your comfort. Than your error. Because error is what will kill you. Leads to that second death. Error is what will deceive you. 
if if you if you have a friend that you can see is in error and you don't correct and you don't correct it, it that's not your friend if there's a friend if, if whenever something goes wrong in your life start asking the people close to you did you see this coming and if they say yes the next question should be why didn't you tell me you see what I mean why do you tell me you can see this coming? So let, let me tell you about Madison Downs real quick and how why this brother means so much to me. When we were doing the walk across America, I, I almost got shot. By you, you, I wasn't right. even part of the walk. Right. When we were there, all we were at this little uh prayer service thing, right? And we were the only black people there. And there's this black dude go, that shows up, and he was a, he was gay, you know, or bisexual, or whatever. And he, and he was just like, I'm we're there preaching and everything like that, and I, you know I'm introduced. And, he, and the black dude shows up, and the 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 governor of Arkansas comes to me and says, "Hey, that's the guy that's been giving us a hard time. Can you go talk to him?" And and the dude's like yelling at everybody, like you know this. And and I go and talk to him, and. Something comes over me, and I'm just like, all right, you know, I'm about to preach this dude down, right? Something comes over and says, understand him. I know it was the father. He says, understand him. He says, the father tells me, you're being played right now. And I start talking to the guy, like, why are you doing this? All these people do is want to serve God. And the guy goes, is that what you think? You know, he was like, listen, I'm telling you straight up, I'm gay. You know what I mean? He goes, I know why they hate me. But that's not the reason why they hate me. It's not just because I'm gay. It's also because I'm black. And I'm like, that's impossible. These are believers. They, he goes, what did you just say? He goes, you actually think these are Christians? And I'm like, we're praying. We're talking to God. He goes, do you realize that you're at a rally right now? We're on the peace walk randomly. God gets me up in the middle of the night and tells me that we're going. I, like I told you, I was kicking the street. We ended up at a KKK rally, didn't know it. And guess who was there? One of the main speakers at the KKK rally. Not only was the governor of Arkansas there, guess who else was there? Oh, the governor of Harrisonburg was there. Guess who else was there? The ex-governor of Virginia. Oh, wow. The ex-governor of Virginia, I gotta remember. So Rand, what are Randy, they doing? Randy Forbes. Randy Forbes was there. They were having a present. And the guy was like, these are all and when I turned around, they were like, oh, this is the plan. <laughs> Nobody denied. They were like, Yeah, but we believe in God. The the grand dragon of the KKK, the guy, the guy that runs the entire KKK is a pastor named what's his name? Uh Thomas Robb. Thomas Robb is a a pastor. And he was like, can blacks come to my church? Absolutely. Do I want blacks dating my daughter and coming over to my house for dinner? Absolutely not. <laughs> I got the interview. Where, 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 Listen, y'all got to understand. I'm not laughing, laughing. But you got to I am from Arkansas. <laughs> so from when, Arkansas. The craziest part about it is I've never even dealt with any clan members that I know of. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, that you I know, know of. You don't know exactly. That I know of. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, dude, I lived in Arkansas my whole life, basically. <laughs> and this guy. So, you understand, the Ku Klux Klan is a Christian organization. Listen, this is why I don't yeah, like the on, word hold Christian. Hold up, hold up. No, no. You need to do the quotation. No, 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 because Christianity has screwed up America for the most part. 
It has. It's it's you know what I mean it has. It's been hijacked. Well, when we say Christians, because Mormons are Christians. I mean, you know, Catholics call themselves Christians. Mormons call themselves Christians. Uh, the, you know uh, who else? Jehovah's Witnesses call themselves Christians. Well, there's uh, forty five thousand different the, denominations yeah, that call the, themselves the Baptists Christians. call themselves Christians. The Episcopalians call themselves Christians. Everybody calls. This is the reason why atheists don't want to deal with. This it. is why we decided we're no longer Christians. <laughs> we're right. We, we we Hebrew Hebrew. Yeah, we're, Hebrew done. Done. we're just we're just we're you just gonna be what Christ yeah, was. Because because here's the thing. It's just like followers of the way. We're followers of the way. You know because the word Christian. Like, like, listen, guys, I want to tell you all this. It's just like a ship that's sinking. You don't have to go down with the ship. No. You, you can still have your life. You don't have to go down with the ship. Because this ship but is going down. American Christianity, with all the replacement theology, all the error. Yeah. And, we, and we've already been betrayed so many times, not just with white Jesus, but, but the misinterpretation of scripture, not knowing the language. <laughs> also, you know, the fact that just, look, the fact that the slave Bible, yeah, let me show you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll show you guys what the slave Bible is. I was so debating guys, on whether or not that was your one for the day. Oh, but seeing how it wasn't directed. I didn't call you. No, I was about to say, seeing how you, it didn't direct it to me, I was going to count. I, I had to think yeah, it for yeah, a second. Yeah, that does it. it gives me one Jesus joke a day. <laughs> but because he, no, to be totally honest with you, he hates when I say it because he's yes. like, dude, that's a graven image. I don't look like Jesus. I don't say that. But it's just too funny because yeah. we have uh, inside jokes, guys. This yeah, is I, I like and, and, and I'm immature. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> like, we have childish tendencies. Too, too, too many, too, too many Jesus jokes. Uh, but I want to show you guys this uh, slave Bible. I'm going to pull up the slave Bible. Cool. Uh, While you're pulling that up, like guys, this is what I want y'all to know. I know we're getting kind of heated this morning. But we do want you to know we love you. Well, no, 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 listen, I got to say this. We do that every morning. I know this, but I just want them to know because, you know, they want to think this is a time of love. But this is love, guys, because we love you enough to have you hate us. Right. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I love everyone out there enough to have you hate me. As long as I can ensure that your soul is secure for eternity. <laughs> People are like, I can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, you can hate me. It's okay. I, listen, I listen, I have been, look, for the past four years, I've been alone. Yeah. I've been with God, and like I, and I mean, if you go check out my, you go check out my Facebook, my TikTok, my Instagram. I was blessed by being the Father sending me here and finding you. I truly was, and I finally don't feel like I'm totally alone. But there, there is even that moment where I look at Duke seriously. Listen, when God told me to do it myself. So look at this, look at this, folks. So you're asking people to trust the Bible made by white people. <laughs> the, the King James version, you know, the European, not just, I don't want not to the King James version. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying, no, you, you are asking people to trust them, but look how, like, look, look at the risk that people are taking. When the same people that said that they believed oh. in the King James version made and created the Negro Bible, which it says the slave Bible, select parts of the Holy Bible, selected of the, for, for the use of Negro slaves in the British West Indies Island, you know, like, you can actually go get, a copy of the slave. You guys go get a copy of the slave Bible. Scriptures were taken out of it. So when you when you ask why don't people trust the Bible? Why don't people trust Christianity? There's legitimate reasons why. Oh, yeah. The level of betrayal. The the way. Like when when does the church say, hey, you know what? How many churches participated in slavery? How many churches? So you're asking people, you know, who have been uh, not not just slavery, right? Not just like but participated in the abuse 
and rapes of slaves, right? Mm. Now, and then you're asking people to just overlook that and still trust the God of their oppressor. Now, here's what's beautiful what's, about well, here's, here's, you gotta be patient. Yeah, go ahead. Because here's the reality: the truth is, all this great scripture that we're reading in the act in the in the Bible <clears throat> was written during a time where God's people were also being oppressed. I was about to say this one. This that is I have right here. This is what's so beautiful about the Word of God, and this is why. Look at. Think about, and for my non-believers out there, I want you to think about this. Think about how much work the evil one would put in to make sure you don't trust the word of God. Right. He would have it being abused. He would have it being misinterpreted. He would want the reputation of it to be messed up. But even if you didn't trust the King James Version Bible, right? Even if you didn't trust that. You still have the opportunity to go and learn the Hebrew. Actually, let me tell you a little secret. You still got the this so right don't, here. Don't act like there's an excuse. This one, the Tree of Life version. I'm not sure if we can show them or not, but this right here is done by the Jewish community, like by rabbis, by and it's from the original context of the scroll. Like right. this one was written through that and the and. Hebrew, right? Like this right. one is yeah. actually in its fullness, minus the. the I, I don't. I mean, I'm pretty sure like it doesn't have the books that were taken out. But this is what I mean, the apocrypha. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. If you really, if you really want to know the word of God, you can. Like, don't make excuses, being like, oh, it's too confusing. And the one you, the one thing you can do is like, oh, it's the these and those and those that confuse me. Like, shut up. You can understand a dot com okay. for. I'll say this as well because you made this comment of the the God of your oppressor. Let me tell you a little secret: the God of the Bible is not the God of flesh. He's not. There's no flesh. I don't care what color your skin is. He's your God. I don't care where you find yourself living in this world. He's your God. He is the creator of all things. The creator of the universe. And until we all stop looking at skin color. Because this always gets, he knows this gets me riled up worse than anything. Because I can't stand it. I can't. Like the first time he even made a comment, like the very first time whenever you made a comment about me looking like Jesus. <laughs> what did I tell you? Maybe the white Jesus. Yeah, you like maybe the white Jesus. Like, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't see, when I see Christ coming back, y'all really have to understand. I see him coming back in the form of like burning brass. Not bur like brass that is being burned. In a furnace, right? Like, go look up the depiction and description in a in a picture of brass that is being burned in a furnace. Now check this out. He will come in all his glory. Now I want to check. check I want everybody to understand something. You gotta realize that our war is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and rulers of darkness. Come on. Now, when 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 these principalities decided to weaponize skin color against us you know what i mean this is what the issue this is where it becomes problematic is that that the principalities and rulers of darkness weaponize that against mm -hmm. us which means that if you are a racist and you are identifying people by race versus the content of their faith okay. not the content of the person because the content of the person is still foul the content of their faith are they open to truth do they walk with God? Do they walk in the spirit of God? Are they willing to learn? Are they eager to learn? 
Can they hear the voice of God? For God himself said, my children hear my voice. My children hear my voice. You know what I mean? And this is why it's so important to ask yourself, how serious are you about the things of God? You know what I mean? How serious are you about the heart of God? You know, how serious are you about what God is doing? Like, do, like can you humble? Now, I noticed that there's people out there having white people kiss their feet and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. But dude, that's yeah. just as bad as it. Yeah, because what it is is saying, like, it's our turn to be the KKK. You know, well, well yeah, I mean that's the whole point. It's like we don't need it. We don't need a black gay gay. Being burned but, in a or being burned in a burn. Yes, yeah, yeah, This is uh, this is everything that came up. You know, uh, the reality that is. Glowing one. Go look at that glowing one. Up which there. one? Right there. This one right here. Uh, yeah, the right, right there. Right here. To the left. Left here. So. When you talk about. You have to take it to the um, original, I, but being burned, so it's not cooled off. It's being burned in a furnace. It's not brass that has come out of a furnace and cooled off, but brass that is being burned. Right. And you know what's funny? <laughs> in the business of Jonas, some, some people so black, they purple. <laughs> No, but 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 this is what I'm talking about is that the reality of who God is, the color of God, all that yeah. stuff. You know, this is I well, tell let me tell you why I tell people that, that that I understand why people say it matters, because it mattered when it came to making it look like people that dominated and colonized the world. To them, no, to them. no, no, I mean even today. Because here's the reason why it, it psychologically does something. It, like, to them. To the, to, yes. To them. But, but 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 also to weak-minded people. To to the synagogue of Satan. No, but the if, no, when I'm saying listen, yeah, you said it matters to them. It matters to anyone who thinks skin color matters, you're part of the synagogue of Satan. Oh, that's good. I don't care who you are. You can that's come good. at me. You can that's find good. Me. Matter of fact, I'm at 3500 West Virginia of uh, our Virginia uh, Boulevard. Yeah, so I'll be here most well until at least ten. And then so watch this. So watch this. Let me tell you something about that. But when it comes, this is where balance comes into play. Just because I tell people this all the time, rebellion, rebellion, I mean oppression only leads to rebellion. It doesn't lead to balance. So here you go. Watch this. You no, know, oppression leads. Put to, that up there. I don't right. know where it is. So I'm saying like. Put it up to the camera. Oh. I want you guys to see this. This is brass being burned in a furnace. You see that? That is brass being burned in a furnace. I don't even know what's weird about that because this is brass. It says this is brass. Brass. Let me see. I was I just type it in. That brass being burned in a furnace. Because that was purple. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying. That is brass. You see that 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 that, that brightness that. That beautiful cup, dude. I've actually seen this. You know, it's funny, but so but, so a lot of people are gonna hear, yeah, it's just hard for you to accept no, if he's black. I don't care if he's black or <laughs> that, not. That's my point. That I, I know you don't listen. I'm gonna be 100 with you. If he was here, if we, when he walked this earth, he was there not white. Is. He was not black. He was brown. <laughs> listen, if we if I go out in the sun, I can get darker than Duke. Matter of fact, I got spots on me that are darker than Duke. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. During the time of the Bible, we didn't stay inside. Not only that, guess what else? 
when I when I look at Hebrew history and Egyptian history and just the Middle Eastern history, right? There were so many different types of people. This is actually a video. Yeah, dude, that is brass being burned. What he's gonna this look like? He brass being burned in the furnace. It's it's that color, that yeah, royal yeah. purple. Isn't that this crazy is, how that works out? You know what I mean? But that yeah. royalty, that color of royalty that everybody likes to talk about. This is actually brass being burned in a furnace. I mean, uh, back to the Greek guys before you come and argue with them. You know, but here's what I want to say is that this is why I'm going to rise above and into the spirit. You, you know, not because logic also comes from the spirit, but logic separated, wisdom. logic yeah, separated, wisdom. right? Logic separated from the divine is open to foolishness. Mm -hmm. You can easily become a fool and proclaim yourself wise when you don't know the ways of the spirit. And, and it becomes easy for things like hair color, skin color, to you matter. know what I mean, to, to matter. It's like, dude, we actually made an issue about the one thing that doesn't go to heaven, your flesh. <laughs> Sorry, this beat, I always love this beat. <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing that- But you're right. The one thing that for sure doesn't go to heaven- It ain't making it, guys. It ain't making it. The one thing for sure, like we're sitting here looking at now. Here's the thing: has hold on, hold on. has culture affected people of different colors? Yes, yes, because that's the rat trap that everybody was put in, so that people could be controlled. And nobody wants to accept the fact that your government does not love you. Wait, wait. Your government does not care about you. Wait, scripture tells us that we're going to know each other by the color of our skin, right? <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. No, it's our eye color. No, oh, our hair, hair color. color. Oh no, it's no, our, our, it's our height. <laughs> it's our how tall we are. Right. Oh wait, wait. Oh no. You know what's funny about that? Is that y'all should look at the scripture. It's so funny. The people of God have actually betrayed themselves and traded the leadership of God for a human king because he was tall and looked good. So every let me show you something. When it's natural, it's natural for a pagan culture to look after the flesh and look at right. it. It's natural. But when the people of God make the same mistakes as the people of the, the pagan culture, the pagan of the world, the fall is that much greater. Oh, yeah, because you knew the truth. You knew you, the you truth. You turned away from the truth. So if you are a believer and you make yourself think that skin color matters mm. when it doesn't, so now, now, now I can tell you, mindsets matter. Now, now listen, listen to me very, very carefully. If the mindset, once these groups were created by the right. principalities and rulers of darkness, because there is a plan. So once these groups were created by the principalities, rulers of darkness, which include the government of mankind. So the Chinese government, the Russian government, the European government, and now the American government, the, the Jewish government, the, the government of the worlds, right? The governments that are not listening to the divine heart of God.
These governments have their own ways and they have ways to make sure that people do not come together. This is the reason why the body of Christ is so dangerous to the world. Right. Because the man's world has their system set up. They don't care how they poison you. They don't care about your family. All they need is bodies to maintain their temporary status and never underestimate the doctrine of disbelief. So they are so that these 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 governments they need people confused. They need people divided because there's more people who can do more good than evil and then they lose control. You can't stop the people when they come together. And if we come together under the, the one true Messiah, people should really watch an ant's life. I think it is. It's like an ant's life, like the grasshopper. Like the grasshopper that's trying to control the little guys. Right. He takes it. He's like, he's showing the other ones. He's showing, trying to control the ants, but he shows the other grasshoppers. They're like, we shouldn't worry about it. We don't have to go back to them and make sure they give us all the food. He takes one little piece of grain and throws it at them. That's okay, right? That little piece of grain's fine. And he's like, yeah. And they're laughing and they're having a good time until he rips the nozzle off and the masses of the grain comes and crushes them. Right. That's us. We're the grain guys. When we come together, and truly stand on the word of God, God's people cannot be stopped. It's the division that is creating the toxic culture. So and before we get too in depth of this, I want to make sure that I say John 13, 35, guys. We will know each other. I have to I have to say the right verse. We will know each other by the our love for one another. All right. right. All that craziness. I'm sorry I was being kind of facetious. But no, no, they know that. I know they know. Well, well, no. Let me tell you what why they you say, what did you just say? No, 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 seriously. Let me tell you why, because the we the the reality when you talk, it's no secret. <laughs> like you, you, it's no it's genuinely you're sarcastic. You have perfected <laughs> facetious and sarcasm. That's you have. The Lord, uh, the Lord right. is my shepherd. <laughs> right, right. Maybe your God's in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's some very Jewish stuff right there. That was very, oh, you know. That was very Hebrew. Yeah. You know, in case, in case you guys don't know, uh, there's a scripture where uh, the false prophets came before Elijah and they were supposed to do this, this prophet off <laughs> to find out who's the real prophet. And uh, they're cutting on themselves and stabbing themselves and hurting themselves. And and God, God, Elijah allows them to go first. And go they're ahead. doing all these rituals and stuff. And then Elijah is like, maybe your God's in the bathroom. <laughs> he actually says that. You know, maybe he's God, maybe he's taking a nap. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> just like, look, listen, sometimes the people of God are a little sassy. Just a little. A little sassy. <laughs> we have our moments. Little, 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 you know, Especially like, when you rowl our spirits up. Yeshua said things like, Yeshua said things like to Nicodemus, who's a teacher. He's like, if I can't talk to you about earthly things, I can't talk to you about heavenly things. About heavenly things. Uh, like, you don't get it. You don't get it. And he you ain't going to get it. You just he would tell it. the disciples, there's many things that I want to tell you, but you can't bear them right now. You, you know what I mean? And you're just not ready. And, and even as us as leaders, we got to be mindful that there's all types of listeners right now. Yeah, and, 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 and we have to be mindful that some people aren't ready to hear it. However, if you're listening... You're ready to hear it. You should, well, God's telling you, he's at least trying to get you prepared. Yeah. Because I'm telling everybody right now, and I'm, and I'm never going to back down from this, our world's about to change. Oh, Whether yeah. it's the end of times or not, like it's actually Christ's returned here sooner than later. Oh, listen, but when you got people, We're about to, we're about to, in this age, this age of America, let me put it that way. 
the age in which we find ourselves in America is about to end. Think about this. this think, think about this reality right now. We live in a world where genders are being redefined. There's like saying there's 12 different types of oh, men. And, and, and there's 12 genders now. And so they're saying men menstruate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So I want you to show this. Show you, more so listen to this, guys. They're changing everything. They're changing the history. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, now things that used to be considered, you know, perversion are now considered a civil rights, you know, all this other stuff, you know, a humane issue and this and that. They're, they're, they're attacking our school system. The satanic church wants a place in our schools. I right, think about this. Oh. Like the satanic church is saying that they have a right to be. The satanic church wouldn't have done anything 30 years ago. But now they're so comfortable. Think about this, people. Now they're so comfortable that the St. Chad Church is like, we can go after the schools now. And what is the church doing going, doo, 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 doo. everything will be fine. What's, show me the scripture where it says, if the people of God so stand by and do nothing. You know what I mean? Um, Just because, because you're like, oh, the the promise, oh, the prophecy said it was going to happen. So America one verse one, right? America one verse one. Jesus is like, just because it's prophecy that these things were going to happen, there's no scripture that approves us doing nothing about it. Exactly. That's the problem. Everyone's going, well, the Bible said this was going to happen. The Bible yeah. says, and it's like, also, the Bible said, go ye into the world sharing the gospel. So that means like, oh, look, this kid is playing with fire. You know, this fire that this kid is playing with can set the house on fire. But what do we do? We mind our business. Hey, Instead hey, of saying, hey, don't kid. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's like, hey, hey, these kids are playing with a blowtorch, putting it on the house. Maybe I should knock on the parents' door and say, Fun. hey, your kid is out here putting a blowtorch to, to, blow to the house. You know what I mean? Nah. No, we don't want to do that. We nah, want to mind our business. Let me tell you something. Close your eyes. To the body of Christ. When the body of Christ minds its business, we watch this. No, no, no. If we were actually minding our business, oh right, we would be evangelizing everywhere. I see, I see where you're going. If we were actually, we would what, be we, so loud with 210 million Christians in America, we would be so loud that the world would not be able to say anything against us because we would be standing so firm on God's ways. But what's happening is the body of Christ isn't minding its business. What we have been doing is rebelling against God. We've been comfortable. You know what I mean? We got our little coffee shop churches. You know, we got a little hangout spots. We got all this stuff. Listen, guys, we better get passionate about the things of God. You know, and, and that's why if you want to know the people that could make the biggest difference in your churches won't go. You want to know why? Because as soon as they try to do something, they go under attack. They would rather not by the enemy. No, not, not by the enemy, but by comfortable Christians. You know what I mean? What we would rather, what, what people like us would rather do is be out there in the streets sharing the gospel and, 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 and leading people to the Lord. We'd rather be in a place of obedience than a place of, of figuring out, are we doing it the right way or not? We, we would rather be consistent with God. We would rather have God say, hey, I know I got two guys up here. I know I got four guys here. I know I got, look, look what he says to Elijah when Elijah thought he was all alone. That's 7,000 more. I got 7,000 more. God knows. Where are y'all at? God knows Come who's on. on his team. For three years, we've been telling everybody we need support. 
$75,000. So we got a, we did all the work. We've been running the radio station for over 20 something years. We've, we've reached people. We've, we've, we've had people, you know, uh, stop from committing suicide. We're sharing the gospel. Now we have the opportunity to reach more people for three years. We've been saying we need $75,000 to reach more people. How do people respond? Oh, it's Christmas. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we don't have to do this. That's distraction. We have an opportunity to reach more people with the gospel. Where's the passion? Where's the urgency? How much of a stronghold does the enemy have? How much of a hook does the enemy have in your life? Where you can say, I mean, we can, like, dude, you're like, oh, well, there's the you internet. This place isn't called Carlisle, the stronghold right. of Lugas. Right, But it's like, we, we have the internet, right. But why would we give up more territory? Why would, we got four FM stations, 88.5, 97.9, 103.7.9, 103.9. We have all these radio stations plus the internet. Why is it that Christians are always like, well, let's give up some territory? No, we need, we got to take it more back. But you know what? These Nobody has a problem coming up here for free. Nobody has a problem, but you'll be the same people telling people about tithing and offering in your churches. But when it comes up to us, it's oh, like, this oh. this isn't a ministry. Yeah, right, right. But we sit here for four hours most days. That's what I'm saying. And you go to your church for one. And this is what I mean. Uh, I'm not even gonna bring up coming through Jesus.org because that just gives people just y'all don't even know what it is. But so not only do most Christians not read their Bible, not most Christians are always saying what matters and what doesn't. The Old Testament doesn't matter. The New Testament doesn't matter. It's like we're so diminished and 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 broken. And it's time for revival. Come and the revival oh, is here. I'm ready. All right. Listen, I'm telling you guys, it is here. It, Whether you want it here or here. not, it's here. There are so many people that are ready to come together, and they don't want to be a part of a false movement. They don't want this to. This is a, it, right? They don't want to be a part of a false movement. But it takes getting out of your own comfortability and saying, "I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to stand on it. I'm not going to play this little half in, half out crud no more. I'm not going to say, well, this might be pagan. It might not be.'" It's either pagan or it's not. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right. There is none of this in between. Now, I will tell you that if you look at me and say, well, I'm going to eat pork and I'm going to eat shrimp, what I'll tell you, it's okay. That's between you and God. Now, what am I going to tell you, though? I'm going to tell you what 1 John 3 says. I'm going to tell you what sin is. I'm going to tell you that the Bible says sin is transgression of God's law. That's sin. Everything else falls under that canopy. Right. And you see, here's the thing is that I, I already I know all the arguments that are out there and everything oh, yeah. like that. But if we just say, hey, guys, let's just start over. And here's the I thing about it. humbling. The church is the main place telling people that they can start over. But, but yeah, the church, but, but the church doesn't want to start over. No, they want to keep you their little, little platforms and their little their comfortability, their little their little niche. They want to keep their little hold on ground, the ground they have. They just want to, no, we just want to stay right here in our little comfortability. Right. And here's the thing. It's like the church is the main people afraid. The body of Christ is the main people afraid of peer pressure. Mm. What do people think about us? What if they don't like us? Let me tell you something. What if? One of the biggest deceptions, you. One of the biggest deceptions of the enemy was trading the righteousness of God for the sake of relativity called evangelism. When you evangelize, you're evangelizing the consistency of God. The moment you start trying to alter the word of God, so you, what did you just do? You didn't save a soul. You confused a soul. Condemned it. 
You just confuse yourself. We preach the standard of God, and those that receive it receive it. Those that don't don't. We preach. I'm gonna love you regardless. Right. We preach the word of God. Those that receive it receive it. Those that don't don't. If you want to make up your own rules, like when I'm out here acting stupid, don't think I'm confused about acting stupid. I know I'm not like I'm acting stupid right now. That's why somebody can come and rebuke me, and I'll get back in check. I'll be like, okay, let me. Duke, you're giving into rage right now. Duke, you're giving into drunkenness right now. Duke, you're I, like, I'll bounce back. Okay, let me get myself right. Thank you, brother, for the rebuke. Thank right. you, sister, for the rebuke. What do we try to do? We try to cover our stuff and then act like we're still righteous or act like it didn't happen. You know, listen, guys. God has enough different ways to, to, matter of fact, if you want to show God, you don't have to change your ways to the world. You, by, by, by showing the consistency of God, watch this. This is how beautiful this is. By showing the consistency of God, you actually are showing a lost person how awesome God is. That he would send somebody to not give in to the ways that they are fully aware are destroying them. Mm-hmm. Come on. You're allowing a person to see that God sees them and loves them so much that he brings his standard to them. And even if they reject it, they got something to think about now. Mm-hmm. Now, when they go back into their problematic, problematic world, they can go, but that preacher guy said this. Mm-hmm. Let me try this. And they start going, man, it worked. The other day, we were with a guy who had nothing but problems. One o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the morning. After preaching for how long? It was pouring down rain, and he's riding his bike. And and, uh, he came to the station, and he he came under the little tower at the station. And this guy, he goes, hey, man, you know, uh, know, I'm going through this. Actually, we were just like, hey, man, what's your story? You're like, hey, man, what's your story? And this is what ends up happening, right? Because he was like, you guys, any of you guys got a cigarette? They're like, yeah. You know, he goes, yep, uh, he goes well, which, which one are you? you know, we were like, so what's your story? Now, think about this, folks. He's just like, I've just been through so much. I was just trying to get my life right. And then we were like, well, you can't. There's no way to do it without God. And, you that's know, what I said. Look at both of us. Yeah. See this? It, it was like, Look at the back. We was like, yo, dude, you, you're talking to two dudes that have already been to rock bottom. We know that there's no way. underneath rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, we were a little, we had a little space under rock yeah. bottom. Yeah, You're talking to two dudes that have been to rock. And this is what I want all you uppity Christians to understand. The ministry of being saved when you're at rock bottom is completely different than the ministry sitting in the comfort zones of a church. Mm-hmm. When God reached down beneath the, beneath the concrete of the grave, you know, into the, you know, when you were so broken and this, when God, when your heart is shattered in a million pieces, and that dark abyss, you can't see a way out. And to have the hand of God grab you and pull you out and stand you upright and clean you off and, and perfect you. And, and like, guys, I want to let you know right now, that ministry is different. This is one of the reasons why I love Pastor Thomas so much, because Pastor Thomas saw that I need a community because I've been so used by church people and pastors and I've been so done wrong by so many people and, you know, uh, who, who cared more about my ability and my connections and my talents. But he saw, I was getting worn out because I, I needed community support. I needed brothers and sisters. Right. And 
people would talk like we were friends, talk like I would be there for people that would never be there for me. You know what I mean? And I was getting worn out. And Pastor Thomas goes, hey, man, you, know, you can be here. Come here, right? And we, we've known each other for three years. But he was like, yo, man, I, I got a place for But he's like, man, this is a real family place. You know? And it's like, yo, right after that, then you show up. Now, matter of fact, right before Pastor Thomas, uh, the... You know, people start showing up. One new man shows up. You know, like it was amazing. Oh, Brother Jerry, Brother Jerry one, is here. Talking about one new man. Yeah, right. <laughs> talking about one new man ministries. I said, as soon as I said one new man talking ministries. Talking about one new man ministries. Here comes Brother Jerry. Jerry shows up. That's Brother Jerry from One New Man Ministries is here. This is awesome, man. How you doing, man? There, brother? Good morning, man. How are you? Doing good. Yelling and screaming at people. <laughs> We do that well. <laughs> yeah, you know, just showing love in our ways. <laughs> How are you doing, man? We're doing well, thank you. Good. Grace of God is great in keeping us going. Come on. <laughs> well, one of the things that we're talking about is well, the whole subject today is about standing, making that stand, standing for God, and and how the Word of God it is going to challenge uh, culture. It is going to challenge, you know. Uh, your even 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 your comfortability with the Christianity right. that you know, uh, it, it's the Word of God provokes you to go deeper with God, more with God, to become more like Him. Uh, and but I'd love to know from your perspective, what does it mean uh, as a Messianic uh, Hebrew? What does it mean to hear those, that word standing for God? Uh, I don't know that it means anything different than it would mean for anybody else. You know, we talk about lines in the sand and taking a stand and uh, representing something. Uh, all those, all those things are are true. We uh, talk about rivers and currents and how you have to take a stand. You know, taking a stand is a big feature in Ephesians chapter 6, talking about the armor of God. The first thing you have to do is take a stand. You have to have to dig your feet in so that nobody can knock you down. Uh, that, that's the whole picture there that Paul is using of the Roman legionnaires. And uh, one time I, I learned that uh, their, their sandals were especially uh, made for digging in, that there were uh, spikes on the bottom that they could really dig in so they could stand firm. And, you know, Paul, I, I don't have my Bible in front of me, but uh, it seems to me that there's at least three times in that section that he talks about standing. So taking, oh, yeah. a, stand, taking a stand is... Uh, that's that's actually a huge, it's huge yeah. in, in Ephesians 6. Right. So, uh, you know, just because I, I'm, I'm Jew, uh, a Jew, I don't think the idea of taking a stand is any different for us. Uh, Hashem, the Lord, uh, that we took a stand for uh, before Jesus is the same God today. And standing for him today is the same as when uh, Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we say, this this is the truth. The truth is revealed in 
in this compilation of 66 books. And here's here's where I stand. You know, Martin Luther famously at his trial at the end of it said, uh, uh, here, here I stand. Uh, I can do no other. So we, we take our stand on the word of God. Uh, what's that little kid song, the B-I-B-L-E? Oh, that's the book for me. I stand <laughs> alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. <laughs> that so, Sometimes the uh, simplest songs convey the deepest truth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's also like kind of coincidental that we're talking about this. And I think, what is it? Hanukkah is just past or is it still, we got a day or anything? I'm, I'm no, just still going. Hanukkah, like, Hanukkah has, has ended. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I think it was just, yeah, but it's like, as we sit here talking about this The right Maccabees here, made the stand. That's what I mean. Like, they stood on God's word. They stood on God's ways, on his statutes. And instead of letting them oppress them and cause them to go away from God, that's what caused them to stand up and fight against it. Well, you, you know, uh, Jerry, when, when, I, when I hear, when I think about Paul saying, I am persuaded, I, I like, I'm convinced you know what I mean, the, the, of, of this identity of the Messiah. You know, I, I don't think people understand the, in that day, the questioning that was really happening because we, we read it as if Jesus showed up and everybody jumped on board. There were a few people that disagreed with him, but this was real controversy. Like, was he the Messiah or not? That, that was a thing going on in that town, correct? Sure. <laughs> so I don't think people understand, like, we live in a culture where, you know, we, in America, it's just like, <clears throat> well, we're kind of asking the same thing with all the different denominations and the different churches and different beliefs here in America. But I don't think people understand how much that was really happening. So you'd be at the dinner table and someone really would ask, do you think he was the Messiah? Could it have been? Was this a possibility? And whoever said yes was making that commitment that like they got it and and when they said yes there were a lot of times consequences that follow is that does that sound about right sure the consequences were um well you know they actually changed over time uh the indication at the beginning of acts is a lot of jewish people were readily coming to faith in the messiah in those early days, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 story is out there now, and it's who who are you going to believe? The eyewitnesses to the resurrection, or the priests who said they stole the body? It was it was oh. a pretty straightforward situation for for those people. So you have, you know, three thousand coming to faith on the day that Peter preaches. You've got these these uh, little sentences here and there in the early book early chapters of Acts about man, many priests were believing in him. So, so, you know, the, the, the conversation at the dinner table was radically different uh, prior to and after the resurrection. Right. Cause and they... then for a long, for, for a while, uh, <clears throat> the persecution that was coming from the top uh, that Paul was a part of, I mean, that was real for sure, but, you know, it was a fact that the early church people also were uh, still living out their lives as Jewish people going to the temple and participating in uh, Jewish ceremony and, and considered themselves a sect of Judaism. 
so you know it, it was it was clearly a, a mixed situation for for those people uh the consequences ultimately became excommunication from the jewish community clearly <clears throat> and today you know for the most part jewish people are brought up to believe that jesus is for the gentiles mm. Je you know jesus jesus isn't for us and to to become a follower of yeshua in many cases still today means having your family disown you um, in israel itself uh, there is some persecution may be kind of a strong word but there is uh, a, a backlash against messianic jews there is uh, violence and vandalism sometimes against messianic jews uh, the state has banned uh, Go, returning to the land is called Aliyah. And uh, <clears throat> for Jewish people around the world who have uh, lived in places other than Israel, uh, who desire to go to Israel, you know, there was uh, <clears throat> open borders <laughs> for, for Jewish people around the world. And I don't know the year that that changed for Messianic Jews, but it's been a couple decades now, I think, where uh, if you're a Messianic, you cannot go back to Israel. Wow. So, so there's there's uh, still a level of persecution around some things uh, within the Jewish community towards those of us who have decided that Yeshua is the Messiah. Right now, now uh, just to be clear, because we said it earlier, but I, I'd love uh, we already had a brother Madison Downs bring it up, but I'd love to just reiterate uh, the the law is still valuable. Or it, was that abolished by Christ? No, he didn't. He said specifically, "I didn't come to abolish the law." <laughs> right. Come on. Just, we, we we got so many churches that preach that the law is no longer that that we're delivered from the law. We no longer need the law. That we are now under the law of grace. You know, if you compare the law as explained in Moses with the commandments of Yeshua as expressed, especially in the letters of Paul, I think you're going to find that in some ways the law or the commandments or, you know, uh, the imperatives, what's required uh, under the new covenant are much more challenging because they tend to be <laughs> internal. Come on. Well, that's what people don't get. Like for me, it's like when I see this, it's like the laws are valid for us today like god's laws are just as valid today as they were back then now there are differences because of the sacrifice that christ gave our god gave to us right when yeshua sacrificed himself on the cross now his blood is what covers our sins so now although sin is actually a lot easier because now he brought it to the fullness of you think it you've done it <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying i mean it's... that's a pretty big statement like now that if you think of adultery if you look at a woman with lust you have committed adultery so that's actually made it even more yeah it, it made it easier to sin but it's also made it easier to be, be forgiven yeah and what's funny is that what's, what's so funny is that i think i'm like yeah guys if, if, if anything the law was 
was covering the outside, yeah. <laughs> but then Yeshua went in and covered the inside and took Terrence like, nah, you can't. Like, you had your little private thoughts of where you can have your little secret hatred for people and secret unforgiveness. Christ went deeper, you know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, you know, it, it's and the other thing I challenge people on, I'm like, if the resurrected Christ is living in you, then that means the law would be fulfilled. Like you would have a desire to fulfill the law inside of you. Right. Even though we have the, the your mind we, and heart. Even though we have the flesh to fight, the desire to not just be like, oh, I don't have to be concerned about that, but your approach towards the law would be different. Your insight yeah. towards the law, because you would you understand know it's good, true and holy. Yeah, and, and it's not just good, true, and holy, but you would understand that it was also built off love. Yeah. Does that make sense at all? Sure. The uh, fact is that the new covenant says the law is now written on our hearts. So to, to deny the place or the role of God's law is to deny the, one of the basics of the new covenant, it seems to me. But the, what's, what's happened is our relation to the law has changed because of Yeshua. The law didn't change, but God changed us. And yes, I think that one of the one of the signs of being regenerated and loving God is to keep Jesus' commandments, because that's what John says, and that's what Jesus says: "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." So, <laughs> and then, what what what? what the new birth has done for us is it has given us uh, power to actually live within the law. Come on. And ideally, you know, to, to live like David in Psalm 119, how I love thy law. Mm -hmm. Come on. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the reality. Jesus loved the law. We're Jesus followers. We should too. <laughs> well, and, so and if we don't, we need to be asking God to build us that way. Right. Well, and that's, I think that's a prime example. Like whenever you go read Revelations, it tells us very clearly. And I don't know how you stand on the, uh, obviously you stand with Christ and you stand with our God, which is a shim, right? The whole oneness concept. So when, when Christ told us, because that's the one that actually took me to God's law, when I heard that very statement of, if you love me, when Christ stated that, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, if I, as a believer, believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy, the Holy Ghost being one, that means when Christ spoke those words, that was God speaking those words, stating that if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And then when you go back into the Old Testament and start reading the laws, God says it multiple times very clearly. Well, not God, but through him, through, I think it was through Moses, but he was saying, if you love your God, you're going to keep his laws. You're going to keep his ways. You're going to keep his commandments. And then when you go to Revelations, Revelations 12, 17, and Revelations 14, 12, it states very clearly there is a distinction between Christ and God because it's like you keep the faith and testimony of Jesus, Yeshua, and God's commandments. Those are the saints. Those are the children. Those are... Those are who we are called to be. Those are going to be the ones that are going to be standing for God, in my personal opinion, in the end days. Because of what scripture states very clearly that those are the saints of God, the Kiddoshim. 
what what do you say what do you say to uh the when you look at the, the first of all I love I love when you're on because I always get to explain to people what replacement theology is. Could you give a little to, like a, explain and let people know what replacement theology is? Replacement theology is simply the belief that the church has replaced Israel uh, in God's God's economy and God's plan for bringing about the end of the age. And that all of the promises that uh, were made to Israel have been taken over by the church. And specific things like the land promises, especially, uh, have been spiritualized into uh, kind of Christian blessings, kinds of things, uh, entering rest, uh, which, you know, symbolically and typically I think it does, but I also believe that the old covenant teaches pretty clearly that there's a physical Israel with a physical promise to inherit a land forever that has not been taken over by the church. Right. So uh, the idea that there's there's no more blessing or promise for Israel uh, is, is kind of the position. Of replacement uh, theology. Replacement <clears throat> theology. But I would say, at least in my understanding, a little reading that I've done about it, but that is a position. It, it, it's a feature, really, of, of what's called Reformed theology or Calvinist theology. Um, the idea, that hard hard replacement idea, that there's, there's no, no future for the Jewish people as, as a national uh, entity, uh, that's not a position that most Reformed people take today. I, 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 from again, I'm not an expert about that, uh, but from from what I've read, and you know, I the Bible that I use is a is a Reformed study Bible. Uh, when you read Romans chapters uh, nine through eleven, uh, talking about Paul talking about Israel, uh, even in those study notes, they they no longer make the claim that. Uh, all Israel will be saved is anything but a Jewish remnant. Yeah. You it's know, not the church. Right. And you know what, what, what's, what's interesting about replacement theology is that, you know, I can understand how it, it, it grew, uh, especially on this side of the rock, not people not knowing that, you know, I remember thinking that, you know, that it was all, you know, that everything was gone, uh, that the Bible was, you know, it was hard to even wrap your brain around, you know, uh, the map in the Bible, right? And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, look at this, look at this, like, place like Narnia, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like this place, this fantasy place. Uh, but then when you go, when you're, especially when you're a child, and then you grow up and you go, wait a minute, this place is still here. It's real. You can go, you know, see where Jesus is. We got Howard Martell with us. What's going on, man? Hi, brother. But, but you up and about. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how's Bonnie doing? How's your wife doing? She's doing good. We, uh, you know, you know, I'll, I'll give you the, the short version of it. So she, I had to call 911 last night. This was the second time we had to call 911. First was this uh, yesterday morning. I was at work. I got a notification. Uh, get home now. I called 911. I found out her sister Stephanie in Richmond called on her behalf. She was slurred speech. Let's let's fast forward. Chesapeake Regional did a great job. Then I went to go pick her up about one something. Didn't know that she had the flu because 
her paperwork flew out of her hands. Found out at Princess Santera Lee at 12.30 last night when we got the, the next round of going to the ER. Uh, they took great care of their there. What happened was uh, the doctor a few hours determined that, hey, you know that Bonnie had the, the, the normal flu? Did they tell you? He's like, no. Then I found out for Bonnie that she was so disorientated and stuff waiting for me and stuff to come back to the hospital in Chesapeake that she the paperwork flew out of her hands. Wow. She looked at the record and explained that it takes 15 minutes just to get into Chesapeake Regional because they don't share records. That's the crazy part of our healthcare system. They don't they, which to me it's stupid, but you know, I guess it's I said it's at HIPAA. It's like, no, it's not HIPAA. It's something to deal with each of the 50 states has their own system, which doesn't make sense in the medical gotcha. system. You can share records and, and you have the consent of the patient and stuff to be able to determine the extent of that person. So they ran tests, determined that she has the flu. Uh, she's resting now. So the prayers, it's just been a whirlwind, man. I got a few hours no, of sleep. Yeah, I got, I woke up talking to my mom and other people and just sharing prayers. Pastor Thomas was aware of what's going on. So he was praying for, I had Donna Day. I had all you guys prayer yeah, warriors yeah, praying for I was praying for, say, so was praying you, for you after I checked my text yeah. message at one. I was praying for you, brother. Yeah, man. I want yeah, you so know it's been a whirlwind, but uh, that, you know, I'm here. I'm strong. I, I went into full military mode, as you guys know. <laughs> right, right. Well, bless us, man. That's wanted to make sure you knew that we were praying for you and and, uh, and that we were thinking about you. And and uh, I want to tell you guys, too, that prayer has power. And we've been praying for Edie, too, by the way. You know what I mean? Uh, but we, we pray, prayer Thank has, you, dude. Yeah, prayer has power. Uh, and, and, I, and, and so this is what I want to get to when it comes down to the divine things of God. You know, uh, when we talk about standing on the word of God, uh, we got to be careful because just the same way of re replacement theology, we can create our own replacement theology inside of ourselves. So when and, and, and what I mean by that is instead of going to prayer when certain things happen, if we're not careful, we'll run to anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is what I mean about the word being able to come out in real time when it matters the most. Um, Jerry, when it comes down to um, the word of God, and things like God being called, uh, Jesus being called, or Yeshua being called a healer. However you want to hear it out there, Jesus, Yeshua, Yehoshua, you know, Yahuwah, you know. But but the, the, the reality is, when it comes down to, can we trust this, this Yeshua in real time, in modern day? And I'm not talking about Bible religion, as, as a lot of people would say it today. But can we trust this guy in real time? Like, where where is the evidence that he cares for us now? I think in the testimony of people who have experienced his love and goodness uh, encourages us to to look to him and try trusting him ourselves. You know. Uh, we are a faith-based operation. Uh, we have to uh, have enough trust in uh, Yeshua, uh, but it is uh, based on, you know, for all of us, the testimony of someone else. And, you know, the primary testimony is, is the four writers of the Gospels and uh, the letters that come from his disciples. And that's that's a, a story that's been entrusted to uh, generation upon succeeding generation, and you know we we come to our own faith in Yeshua first because of 
you know, the story, the, the, the story that someone else tells us, uh, you know, generally speaking, they tell us the Bible story, then they tell us their story. And, you know, we, we, we choose to, to follow him. Uh, and, you know, little by little, we have our own story to tell about, you know, I, I put my faith in Yeshua and here's what he's done for me. And, you know, little by little, we learn that uh, his deliverance often looks different than, different than the kind of deliverance that uh, I, I might have, have been looking for. But, you know, little by little, we, we learn that there are bumps and scrapes and obstacles in life. And like a good parent, uh, you, the father lets us go through those, uh, uh, goes through them with us. I mean, that's that's the testimony of Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they give me comfort. I still have to go through this valley, but you're with me. Um, and, and, and we, we develop our own uh, places where we've put up, you know, those 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 memory stones, those those mile markers in our own spiritual journey, that that remind us, you know, here here I was in a, in a tough time, and God saw me through and helped me, and and uh, here I stand, uh, you know, to go back to something we said earlier, uh, and so our own faith grows through the testimony of others, uh, the testimony that we have for ourselves of how God has has. Uh, been with us in all that we've uh, experienced. And then the ultimate faith statement though is, you know, I know whom I have believed it and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until the day. Uh, he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I, I think that's how, how trust and faith build over time. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, not to, to mention you know, all that the Holy Spirit is doing to build us up each day. Uh, you know, we have an, <clears throat> a role to play in that for sure. We need to come uh, in faith to God each day and ask him for those those uh, spiritual blessings that he says we have in Christ to be made manifest. We have to ask him for courage and strength to obey, uh, all those things together. Uh, we're, we're workers in God's vineyard, it says uh, in Corinthians, right? Uh, one of the vineyards is me, and so uh, while I am, I, I need to be diligent about working my part of the vineyard. Uh, it's God who gives the increase. Yeah, I think all those things are are at play. What do you think? And I, no, no, I think that that, that the one thing I, I always look at is the Father's desire to save mankind, uh, and this is where where you know when people try to uh section things off he's trying to say well he doesn't want to save this group of people i think i think the father wants to save the he's any humankind humanity uh and i think this is where the challenge is is to not uh you know uh the the, the to not allow ourselves to be distracted by uh cultural issues or even uh political issues like the government and things like that but rather god wants us to focus on the spirit of man because when i think about it i think about genesis 12 where he said that all families of the earth would be blessed through him so when i think about the reconciliation uh, of of god of the church in israel 
I also think about the reconciliation of God and man. The, the, the reconciliation of the church in Israel is the catalyst to the reconciliation of God and mankind. When I hear, it's going to sound ridiculous, it's going to sound self-righteous from an atheistic perspective, but when I hear atheists talk about why they don't believe in God, uh, I listen to their reasoning. And usually it's things like uh, the flood. They're like, why? If this is an all powerful God, why would he kill all of those people, those innocent people? Uh, then I hear things like uh, the death of babies. God allows sick babies and the death of, you know, and, and I hear these attempt to judge God from a place of um, morality, right? Uh, and I noticed that they miss certain things like that the whole earth was filled with Hamas, that the whole earth was filled with violence and evil. So it's almost like, would, well, do you think he would be a better God by doing nothing? Uh, do you think he would be like, you know, um, but I think it's interesting how mankind will be insane pretty much and then play the victim when God responds a certain way uh, and it's amazing how people choose to see what they want versus seeing we have this real God who genuinely is, is sending prophets. And, uh, and, and I think people want to a certain degree, especially the atheist community, they, they, they're, they're obsessed with this idea that if God stuck his face through the earth and said, okay, everybody, seriously, I'm real. All right, just so you know, the mystery's gone. If God was to stick his face through the earth, uh, most atheists think that that's what they want to see. And they think that that would, be, that would change human behavior. I don't believe in humanity that much. I think that yeah. if, God, if God was to stick his face through the sky and say, all right, everybody, the fact is I'm real. Yeshua is the Messiah. Everything, it's all true. I don't think people would change. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, but, but so, so atheists have this idea that if God was so real, there wouldn't be sin. I mean, there wouldn't be death. There wouldn't be disease. Uh, and they, and they consider him the bad guy. Like if he is real, they're like, he's the bad guy because he has the ability to stop sickness and disease. But, um, but he, he doesn't use all of his infinite power to stop sickness and disease. And I hear that, and I'm like, I know what you guys think you're saying, but I'd love to hear your response to that about this idea of how can there be a God when there's so much sickness and so much death? Why doesn't he just stop it? Um, so that is the, the, the big sticking point for a lot of people is uh, if God is all powerful and all good, why is there suffering? So one of the, one of the answers to that is free will. <laughs> uh, how, how would you, if you were God and you were not going to let anybody suffer, how would you how would you prevent a murderer from murdering somebody and still have free will? 
if God were to prevent all suffering, how would you, you know, bring it, bring it, bring it to to a, a, a much more mundane kind of thing? How would you keep uh, schoolyard bullies from bullying the weak kids, and still maintain their free will? So I mean, th there's there's a real problem <clears throat> in ending suffering when you grant people free will. <clears throat> so then the question is. <clears throat> if there is no God, why do you even think that what's happening is wrong? Where did your idea of right and wrong come from? If, <clears throat> if nature is all that there is and people are just acting and everything is acting out according to the way nature has it, things are just unfolding the way uh, the random evolution has it unfolding. Why are you objecting? You're just part of the machine. Uh, where did you get the idea that what was happening was even wrong? So there's there's a lot of different problems to be answered, it seems to me, if, if you maintain that there's uh, no God. In fact, I just read something uh, from the C.S. Lewis Institute recently that says the, the, the fact that there is suffering is better evidence that there's a God than that there isn't. And their point was... <clears throat> The, the the second the second part that the, that I said and that is for sure where where do you even get the idea that something is wrong? <laughs> so it's really funny that you say that. <laughs> so we know that Christ was made perfect, right? Through his suffering, Hebrews five. It was through his suffering in this world that he was made perfect. Well, Being let's made let's, perfect. He says. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. In being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all of them that obey him. Through that suffering in this world, in his flesh, in this in, in these days of his flesh, that he had to suffer, and he was made perfect during that suffering. So it's actually it's, it's that you would bring that up. The Father put that on me the other day. Because of also John 17, how we're supposed to, we will be made perfect by being one, becoming one as him and the father are one. Because right. that's his desire for us. And suffering yeah. is part of it. Well, I, that, that would be a, a further step that you could, you would take with people ultimately is to say, you know, we, John Stott said something <laughs> uh, that I, I won't be able to quote him exactly, but he said, you know, I, I love traveling the world and I have stood before statues of Buddha and his serene smile, uh, so detached from everything in the world. But in the end, there's no comfort there for me. Give me the man on the cross, Come the on. one who came and suffered like I do. Come on. You know what's, what's go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were you done, Jerry? Just the idea that God himself do I say dignify? <laughs> but but by you know he he dignifies us and our suffering by taking on human flesh and suffering as a man. Amen. He knows yeah. what it is to suffer, and so yeah. he is able to give comfort. Uh, that that's why he he says, "Come come boldly to the throne of grace, that you might find help in your time of need." He knows what neediness is. Mm. Yeah. That's the kind of God that we we 
serve, and that's the kind of God I think, uh, you know, makes himself as accessible as possible to human beings. But Duke, I think you're right that even if God were to dramatically show up, there's going to be significant numbers of people who aren't going to accept that. <laughs> no, seriously. He's right, though. I mean, it's, it's I think he could literally hey, stay guys, right I need to check out for a minute. All right, man. All right, brother. Hey, love you. We're praying for you guys. Praying for healing over you. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, I think it's a little bit arrogant, you know what I mean, to, to, to think that, like, in order for you, for, for God to get your faith, he has to do something but they, special for but you. He already does. It's our, the evidence of God is in everyday life, in everyday things, in every moment. He's already showing himself. Yeah. With the love that we give to people, that's God showing himself to the world through us. But yet people ignore it and they don't want to see that because they don't they want something that's so far beyond them because when Christ does return, let's let's go to scripture. What does it say is going to happen? He's going to come on the clouds, right? And they're going to see him in all his glory. And they're still going to be blaspheming him. That's scripture. Come on. Like when he returns and shows himself as the as the one true God, as our king, as our Lord and Savior, he's still going to be blaspheming. Right. And, and you know, one of the things is that uh, I, I think that people are. So we're going to talk about this. You, you, you've got to be able to you got to be able to rise above culture. Uh, you got to be able to rise above. And listen, guys, it's not. This is not easy to rise above culture. Uh, and, and you know, um, hold on, hold on one second. I got to tell this this guy here who is amazing. I'm chatting with <laughs> Howard. Uh, yeah, we're we're, okay. just, we're doing a secret chat, Lee. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a good Christmas good. gift for both parties. <laughs> Oh dear Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about spirit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but uh the, the, the <laughs> yeah, so we're so uh this is a crazy blessing, but we'll tell you well you guys will the premiere will happen and then you guys will see what we're talking about, but I don't want to ruin it for everybody. Uh I know some people are gonna be like, Oh boy, here we go. But there's hey, a whole family it's, involved. It's, it's, it's the Christmas Martels. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just yeah. think of me as old jolly Nick, but I'm a skinny Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound too good, did it? <laughs> no, no, it didn't at all. No, no, no. Oh, that was horrible. Oh. <laughs> but, but, yeah, Lord, forgive us. But but here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. Uh, what we're dealing with right now is there's the word of God, uh, and then there's cultural influence, and then there's cultural impact. Say it with me, folks. Cultural influence and cultural impact. So you say, okay, so here's this. Hebrew religion. There's these uh, Jewish people, and they, they have their own beliefs. So they're under Roman oppression. Okay, for 400 years they're under Roman oppression, and then here comes this Messiah, which creates this disturbance in a sense where you have some that believe he's the Messiah, some that don't. But we're still talking about Jewish people. Then there's another layer of Roman oppression. So Jewish people who believe in the Messiah, Jewish people who don't believe in the Messiah, and then there's Roman oppression. Now, what happens is the word of God starts to leak out through evangelism. The word of God starts to leak out. It gets into the crevices of Rome, which is Roman oppression, right? It starts to get in the crevices of Rome. Few 
you want to say 100, 200 years? 100, 200 I'm years. I'm not going to lie to you right now, dude. I'm like on a whole different level right this second. Go, you keep on. going where you're going yeah, because I'm about to. This is like, so this what, is bad. What ends up happening because so, you know I'm here to pass you the ball, right? You're good. Because uh, you this is what this, this is, is the problem. Yeah, I know what you're doing, this but it's like I'm sitting here right oh, now. I'm like trying oh, not to like. Yeah, I'm, I, you guys, I feel the heat coming from him right now. Like, dude, this is I, bad, so, dude. This so is... what happens is because I want everybody to understand where this is coming from. Because remember, we have a huge atheist, right? Body, right. So, so I'm trying to prepare everybody for what's about to happen. So here's the deal. So like I said, this is a Jewish issue. It's a Hebrew issue, right? You got Hebrews that believe in the Messiah, Hebrews that don't, all right? But then through the Hebrews that do believe, evangelism breaks out. It starts going into other cultures and, you know, Ethiopia. It starts to get into, you know, Asia Minor. The word, like, it starts to break out because we got to remember people were not like us back then. People were nomadic. They did travel. They took their God with them when they, they went out. Not only that, it was a command by Christ himself to go into the world and do these things, share the gospel, share the good news. There is no technology. There is no cell phones. There's no you know right. uh, television, uh, which you got to also, please write this down, the, not to forget about tele, tele, not to forget that. The tele connectivity. Oh yeah, the television. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tele so, television. so television. Oh, we'll forget that. We, we, we want to share something we found uh, yesterday. He already knew it, but I, I did not know this uh, about the the original word tele. Go ahead and hop on that, Howard. You might want to look that up, Howard. Uh, where we tell you the, the original definition of tele, what tele means. It'll well, surprise you. Uh, weird. So, thing, uh, what ends up happening is the word of God. So now, influence is happening. The word of God is now influencing society, humanity, governments. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church rises up. The Roman Catholic Church rises up, and here's the situation. Uh, the faith gets hijacked. The faith gets hijacked by the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church is created. Some people say the Council of Nicaea, where they decided the canon. I'm trying to get my brother uh, um, Madison Downs on, and you know, uh, yeah, and anyway, uh, what ends up happening is that it gets it gets complicated because as the the influence now is being filtered through the Roman Catholic Church uh, after you know almost a hundred to two hundred years after Christ and the apostles and the writing of the scriptures. Now, what what ends up happening is that they 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 basically took the doctrine of the Jewish people, but didn't take the culture. Well. Like the, the like ninety percent of the things that God was really doing was in the culture, and so they took the doctrine. If, if some of you guys are familiar with the Book of Eli, that's like saying, you know, you know like 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 having a gun. You know, like it's like having a gun, but it's in the wrong hands, yep. right? So now the the Roman Catholic Church, and they tell people that they can't have the scriptures. They tell people they can't read the books. That uh, something that was common for the Hebrew people to raise their children in right. and teach their children. Now it's being filtered through this idea that you can only hear the word of God from your priest. Uh, and then as time goes up, we go through the dark ages, you know, the, 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 the Roman Catholic church starts taking territory as culture divides itself from Rome. Right. Then, um, then Europe is born. Europe is born still kind of under the, the Catholic church. Holy Mother Church is what they call it. 
And there was this incorporation and infusion of other religions that were also in. If you are Catholic, I'm just telling the history. I'm not trying to avenge. Um, I'm just telling the history. I'm probably but, uh, you know, uh, no, but but here's the thing: you, just, you gotta remember, people are seeking to no please offense, God. If you are, Catholic, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not you. I'm going this, after. I want to watch this. I'm gonna show you something. You people will be offended. I'm not apologizing for the offense. Yeah. I just want people to know that we're. If you can't stand to hear your own history, then that's just on you. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, not just history. But present that that was yesterday, dude. Right. That was, well, this that was going. That was that was yesterday. So <laughs> that was yesterday. Martin Luther shows up. Martin Luther shows up and breaks off from Catholicism, not intentionally. He saw some error in Catholicism and wanted to correct it. On October third, October thirty first, uh, he wrote the ninety nine thesis, and Martin Luther uh, was kicked out of in his court case. He was kicked out of. The Catholic Church as a priest, and then he started the Lutheran Church, uh, and uh, then the Protestant Church was kind of born from that. Then other the Baptist Church was born, and then all these other sections. Forty-five thousand. Forty-five thousand denominations later, and then America is born. Uh, well, and of course, America invites all of these other people over—not just people, but other religions and faith. And America's idea was that the government was going to be able to protect the rights of all of these opposing religions and even disbelief in opposing religions. And, and we were going to be able to govern this country uh, where you can believe whatever you want to believe. I personally believe that the governments of man before our predecessors, they were like, let's find out whose God is right. Come on. Throw everybody over there in America and let the survival of the gods finish win. Who's ever got like who whatever whatever? Let's find out who's God's right. We'll put a bunch of people that believe something different. We'll call it America. Yeah, I mean it's a test zone. You know, it's a testing zone. That's what I believe America is. Yeah, is a testing the zone. God of Israel? Yeah, yeah, is the one true God. And is, is, is it the Hindu? Well, so we say it's the God of Israel, but then we got so many people that love. Uh, they say they're Christians, but they love yoga. They love all this pagan activity. They love everything more than God, but we get to keep yeah. saying it. Well, this you is know, cool. Okay. You know, so so when, so <laughs> Lee comes in here, with all that being said, I just want to say Lee comes up in here and says, So, as of yesterday, the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church, Pope Francis, has decided that he is going to start blessing same-sex couples. Blessing. Now that's not wow. marriage. Doesn't oh, it's not me. marriage that he's saying he still will not condone marriage, but he is still going to bless the sin of homosexuality. That is just as bad. God does not say our sins are okay in any shape, form, or fashion. If you come into the church in any way and think you're going to be able to continue in your sin without God looking and saying, no, that's not right, and transforming you by his word, you are wrong. And this is exactly the problem with the Roman Catholic Church, the pagan Roman Catholic Church, going right back into Roman times where they say it's okay for guys to be with guys and women to be with women. That's okay. But come to the church anyways. But and then here's the other issue is that the Protestant, oh, the Protestant church has become like the, church. The, the, the Protestant church has become the like like the the, the well the child of the the, the Catholic yeah. Church. I mean, it's really no difference between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church anymore because we both have abandoned truth for culture. Well, dude, I watched the Methodist Church where I live fall apart you know, because we, they were fighting this whole. We got my man Madison Downs Madison up here. Down. 
Morning. Morning. First Hebrew chaplain in the military. Nice. You know what I mean? This man loves the word. He he, he loves uh he's not afraid to say he loves the law. He's not Come afraid, on. like he loves uh, yeah, yeah. He he walks in it and man, thank you so much <laughs> for being here. First of all, thank you for your service, serving yeah. the nation, oh, man. Uh such a great leader. Uh and and man, you know, when we talk, we, we you gotta, you gotta have like a week, you know. When we when we talk, we talk deep, we talk real. Uh, and and so uh, the the obviously the spiritual temperature in American uh, culture is off. I love to, to to hear your take on it. You know, and just you know, uh, I've heard that America's doomed. Like, dude, God's not blessing this mess. It's over. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. You know, God doesn't bless it. And then and then I've heard that that revival is gonna come. Wow. Uh, but but what's your take on it, Madison? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, dude. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we hear you. Great. Oh, great, great. Lee, man, I love you, man. Uh, I love you, love brother. To you. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, I love listening to everything you guys had to say this morning. Really enjoying the show. Um, I think that insofar as the temperature is concerned with what's going on in the world, I think actually we're going through a reset. You know, I think people are starting to walk away from the old traditions. Just simply because, you know, we are in an information age and there's been so much. You go back to uh, Martin Luther, the Gutenberg uh, printing press, all that kind of stuff. Back in the day, there just was limited access to knowledge. And, you know, that was the beginning of the new age insofar as people being able to have access to this knowledge. Now we're in an Internet age. You know, everything is at the click of a button you know, at, at, at the, you know, at our fingertips. So as it pertains to people being able to go back into research and find out truths, uh, people are, are really digging in deep and they're understanding more and more about the misteachings and the misguidance of the church. You just mentioned what was going on with the Vatican, you know, with the Pope, the vicar, yeah. all that nonsense. Uh, it is nonsense. And I heard Lee earlier talking about uh revelation i mean specifically <laughs> speaks about about them mm-hmm. um we were talking about well i brought it up revelation two and nine yes, what's going on with the, the khazars that are out there that are not of the house of israel who have stolen a people's identity mm-hmm. all these things are now coming to to light you know uh with uh, not only in the religious sector but also within the realm of politics the round of just everyday life. You look at what's happening with Americans and, you know, tax dollars being sent out to Khazars and understanding how these people have infiltrated governments, not just American government, but, you know, oh, you're talking about well, Germany. You, you, you talked about the Russia, but, but you, you know, also talked people. about history too. I mean, uh, you also yeah, talked well, about the, the industry. I'm sorry, the, the entertainment industry. Entertainment, all this stuff. Order. Come on. Right. All this stuff is interconnected. Mm-hmm. And and it is of the house of Satan, you know, uh, and when you actually go back and research see, the unpopular truth about a lot of this is people are afraid, especially spiritual leaders are afraid to admit that they've been duped. Mm-hmm. And it's like scripture even says that even the very elect will be deceived. <laughs> Impossible. It's Impossible. It's happening in real time. And everybody's like the emperor doesn't know that he has no clothes on, but everybody else sees that he's walking around naked. That's exactly what's happening, you know. 
when you go back, you study what's happening in Israel, the land, uh, the land of Palestine, you know, and how, you know, they're, they're practicing apartheid literally against the house of Israel. You know, uh, when you look at the genealogy, we talk about following the law. We want to pick and choose what pieces of scripture that we want to accept and do not want to accept. Mm. But then when we go back and we look at genealogy, for example, you find out that the people there are from Gomer, the Ashkenaz. Mm. You know, they come from Gomer, which come from Japheth. They're not even of the 12 tribes of Israel. So, and it's all written there. It's not Madison Downs saying this. Yeah, yeah. These are truths that are written in black and white in several different books. It doesn't matter Mm. if you're talking about the book of Genesis, you know, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the Torah. It doesn't matter if you're talking about uh, the book of Jasher. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the book of Enoch. It doesn't matter if you're talking about, uh, you know, the, the wisdoms of Solomon. All these theological books have all uh, witnessed to the lie that they are. Yeah, you know, and I think one, one of the things that, that happens is that when, again, uh, to me, the geographical location uh, creates a certain experience. Uh, when I look at the geographical location of America, to me, mm-hmm. that represents a lot of, that tells me we're not going to have a healthy worldview. Mm-hmm. So when we invited all these different people over here, you know, there was, we already know the indigenous people were already here. So that, that's, we're not going to, that, that's common. Everyone oh, knows just that. Indigenous people are already here, right? So, <laughs> so when the European comes over, and is inviting its its experience with this knowledge that was filtered through the Roman Catholic Church. And I know they, they say it was a war with Protestant religion, but it was still just two different misinterpretations arguing with each other. That mm-hmm. comes over here. That impacts America. But then we invite other religions on top of this, and then we mm-hmm. build a government with this crazy idea. As as passionate as people are about their faith and belief in God, the God, the American government was so naive. It was like, yeah, we're going to be able to contain all of this: the Buddhists, the is- Islamic faith, the uh, you know the the non-believers, the Greek. Right. We're going to be able to govern all of that. That's a lot of human arrogance. Uh, and of right. course, I think it would be easy for anyone to see an opportunity uh, for anyone to see an opportunity to manipulate and invade the spiritual integrity and spiritual fabric of our nation because it was already so wide open does that make sense yeah but here's the other piece of that dude that people need to understand is that it doesn't matter if see religion you know we we know it's a man-made construct but religion is, is run uh, by the enemy. So you can, <laughs> you, can, you can say that you're Jewish. You can say that you're Hebrew. You can say that you're Christian. You can say that you're Muslim. It, it doesn't matter. The way that the enemy has, has infiltrated everything, he's in charge of all of that. And, and so when you go back and you start studying uh, the, the precepts and the prescription on how we should live right, which goes back to the Torah and the law, and we're not talking about a religion. We're talking about a prescription on life, on how to live a healthy <laughs> life and how to mm-hmm. please our Heavenly Father. 
That's what the Ten Commandments are about. I know there's 613 other little laws. Well, they all fall under the Ten, yeah. too, though. That's yeah. yeah. What matters is, and, and and I think also this, you know, just for me, my struggle with uh, theology uh, and salvation and all of that stuff, being a Hebrew man, I struggled with the whole Yeshua. I struggled, you know, and it, it's uh, just knowing how the law was written, understanding, and, and a lot of that had to do with there's so much of um, untruthful teachings coming from so many different areas. You know, mm -hmm. a, a prime example uh, is uh, saying that Yoshua was the firstborn. But then when you go to Exodus 4 and 22, it says that uh, Moses was told by the father to tell Pharaoh to let Israel go, my firstborn go. So then when you have these contradictions going on, you know, yeah. and then you have to dig deeper, you know, you just dig deeper. So I don't, I'm not really a fan of Paul, but there, uh, he was right in a lot of things that he said, uh, where you have to struggle daily mm -hmm. with your own salvation, you know, and these trials and tribulations, um, Lee was talking about earlier how the enemy will come in and plant just a seed of doubt. Mm -hmm. And that seed will, if you don't capture it, you don't rebuke it, it will grow throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of, by the end of the day, you know you're going to overcome it. Come on. You know, mm -hmm. you know you're going to yeah, overcome yeah, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Especially but if you're walking in the spirit, you're going to overcome it. It's going to overcome it. It does get there. It gets there and you, you have to careful. struggle through that thing. Mm -hmm. You have to struggle. And yeah. it is a struggle. And I want to say this because I have my, my personal belief about Paul is that he also struggled, not just uh, see, this is what I don't do, people. I don't just read the Bible. I, I, uh, I, I absorb the human experience and it's like, OK, we're talking about these people these days. This world no longer exists to me. I go into that day and what these people are. I believe that. Man, look, man, we connect with people that we don't always agree with. We we, right. we fall in love with people that we don't always agree with, that don't always stand by us. So being that he had dual citizenship, I, I can see why he would have this heavy burden to get the message to the Gentiles. Because that dude, like, he's got relationships, he's got friendships. So if he's accepting uh, Yeshua, Yoshua, as the... Messiah, knowing that he used to be a persecutor. Guys, I need you to understand this is a huge deal for this man. This is a oh, big deal. He, like he went from being a persecutor of the faith to now, you know, oh, saying, no. right. So, so it's not like this is something, mm -hmm. some yeah. easy decision. <clears throat> and, and it's almost, and I want you guys to see how real this is right now. Imagine being Islamic fighting a Muslim nation in the United States Army. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. That's, that's a good one because there are there are that right. right. Think about it. we all served the military, right? Yeah, Madison served you. You were the Marine Corps, right? Oh, by the, the way, Madison Howard's one of your other biggest fans. Oh. Yeah, Howard lived love you for years. Hey, Madison, you you probably Thank seen you. me and stuff, but we all served, uh -huh. right? And yes. during this time, we were prepared for battle. Right. I did 20 years, 10 days. I've seen a lot, but probably not as much as you've seen. You know, I was on the battlefield, but I wasn't I wasn't I was out to sea, basically shooting <laughs> missiles and doing all that stuff. Yeah, but it's still dangerous. <laughs> Being military. Dude, 
He was a special character. We know that. And then <laughs> Lee was a special character. We all are prepared for the spiritual battlefield because God placed us and allowed us to be able to be patriots, right? Be patriots right. in loving our country, loving fellow man, and understanding that I don't care what color skin you have or if you could fight along me, you're my brother, you're my comrade. And it's the same way in the scripture that we have to be purposeful and loving to those who don't understand the truth. And that's what society's doing. They're 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 dissolving the truth. They're taking away history. And we're seeing it. And we can take back that territory by being by being, I call it being calculating, right? Because the devil's very calculating in our daily lives. I mean, you know, I don't know if you know my story. I've been in my wife's been in the hospital the last two days, ER. Flu symptoms, you know, I've been through it. Um, mm -hmm. But I had these prayer warriors here, these brothers here, uh, and a whole army praying for me when I was going into full military mode. And I got that first phone call yesterday at 10 o'clock. And then when Bonnie woke me up at 1230, said that she was still feeling wonky and stuff. And we had to go to Princess Anne. So the military trains us how to step out of our comfort zone and yes. sacrifice, right? Oh sacrifice God, oh our time, oh talents, and abilities. Hold on, because I, I think, uh, Madison, this is the thing with Paul. Do, do, do you understand uh -huh. what I'm saying about the burden, about the, the struggle? Yep. The, the struggle because... This, <laughs> like, is, this is the problem with Paul right here. He goes uh, in an account that the long-suffering of our Lord says, is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto us, as also in all his uh, epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they are they are that are unlearned and unstable rest, as, uh, oh wow, that's good, Unsta mm -hmm. un unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So people will twist. This is the problem with Paul is he right. was so intelligent during his time that he knew how to speak not only as a Gentile, but as a Pharisees. And he would speak so in such an elegant way that now that people, when they don't go back to the Hebrew side of it, they are right. twisting. They are twisting his words right. to their own right. destruction. Well, see, here's the other piece about that. And it's like with Gentiles, with the Goyim, uh, they almost get a free pass. You know, because almost not, not quite. <laughs> almost. Here's what happens. Here we go. So we did a lot of talking. You guys did a lot of talking about the law earlier in the show. One of the things that's another harsh reality is that the law was only given to the house of Israel. It wasn't given to Gentiles. Gentiles will not be judged according to that, the way that the house of Israel will be. And this is why in the, in the end times, um, there's a scripture, and I'm not the best at saying, okay, you go to Matthew, such and such and such, yeah, and such but you'll know it when you hear it. What, why it says that in those, in the last days, people will, Gentiles will cling on to a Hebrew, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, we are the ones that are charged with following the law as much as we can to the letter. And so what happens, we talked about replacement theology. You guys were talking about that earlier. And that's literally what the Vatican and the Christian church had tried to do. They tried to literally replace us. That's literally what's going on in the land of Palestine right now with the Ashkenazis, trying to replace a people that were not them. And so we're going to continue to see the strife and this trouble and the wars and the rumors of war until 
there's such a time where the real the righteous people are placed back in the position that they were meant to be in. I like the way you know, Lee, so, yeah, the way Lee says Lee, Lee talks about that the that God that there's a time where God's gonna use the Gentiles mm -hmm. to provoke the, the Hebrew people into so rising you're, up as so a you're, you're a true Hebrew? Like yeah, yeah. So I don't. I'm know not. A, I'm not a this. Hebrew. Uh, I'm not a Hebrew Israelite. Israelite. Right, right. So I don't know if you see this. If you can really see that on your screen, this was actually uh, given to me by a rabbi, and it's a uh, zatan with actual zitzits that are they are kosher zitzits. Even the blue that is on this is from right. the creature that they would go the little snail right. creature. Right, the snail. They, right. That these are this is like a hundred percent like kosher oh, like. This yeah. is that's what and I find myself as a I, I don't know if I'm actually I could be Jewish in some shape, form or fashion. I don't know. But I do find myself in a way like I think God's laws are so important because they are. Yeah, they are. Here's the twist. Here's a twist in all of that. And th this is why it's so incredibly important not to be judgmental. Oh, oh, oh. Because when we talk about Goyim, when we talk about Gentiles, uh, now we know that the Ashkenazis, if they're claiming to be Ashkenazis, that they come from Gomer, which comes from Japheth, which are Khazars, we know the history of that. But, yeah, yeah. you know, the fact of the matter is when you go back to Joseph, he had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, mm -hmm. right? Ephraim was the younger son. And when, when they were taken to Israel to, to receive the blessing, uh, he crossed over his hands and Ephraim got the more power. He really got the firstborn's blessing. Now, there was a prophecy that was attached to Ephraim, and it was that uh, he would become Milo Hagoyim, the fulfillment or the fulfillment of the Gentiles or the nations. Mm. This is, can be found, I think, in Genesis right around 48 to 50. Mm -hmm. where it talks about all this prophecy. Now, what that means is that Ephraim will go out and he would in intermingle amongst the Gentiles, uh, eat like them, become, forget who he was, so on and so forth. Now, we see this story revisited in the what you call the New Testament, the, uh, the Brit Kasada, uh, where Yehoshua is talking about the prodigal son. Remember, Manasseh was the older brother. He stayed at home. Ephraim went out, according right. to the prophecy. Now, the prodigal son went out, forgot who he was, uh, intermingled, had babies with Gentiles, you know, with the Goyim, so on and so forth. But then there was a quickening of his spirit. So that quickening of the spirit is what we are witnessing today. Mm. We are witnessing all of these Christian churches all of a sudden saying back. hold on yeah we need to get back we need to get there's something in me that says that we're not doing this right we're not even worshiping on the correct day the shabbat is on a saturday it's not friday sunday it's not Rashon. it's not the first day you know so they're turning they're doing the utah they're, they're doing what we call teshuva they're mm -hmm. turning around and they're repenting and and making their way back home so here's the other piece to that story that's often overlooked is the fact that once they teshuva, once there's a quickening of the spirit, there's still the journey back home. And when you're right. making that journey back home, that's when you get the pruning, just like an you onion. You gotta preach, boy! 
you know, you're being you're being pruned. You're going through things. You're going through the, the mountains and the valleys. You're going through the hardships. This makes us more. Uh, I'm going to I know you have a lot of Christians, so I'm going to use a little Christian terminology. It makes us more Christ like, you know, it, it, you said earlier he was made perfect through his trials. Come on. So are we. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ mm -hmm. and being in Christ. It's not just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not just Yoshua, Yoshua, Yoshua. It is here. It's the mindset. It is having the mind of, your mind of the right Father here. within us that leads and guides us and brings us home. That's how we had the quickening in the first place. Yeah. And this goes all the way back to some of the what they call pseudepigrapha, which I don't believe is fake writings. Mm -hmm. It's just books that were taken away from people to keep knowledge away from people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and you got to remember the people that were controlling what books would be canon and what books weren't. These are also right. people that that want to control people. So these you you do have the responsibility to look up stuff yeah. because um, us mm -hmm. we can't trust modern people. <laughs> what makes us think we can trust people from two thousand years ago, especially oh. governments? If we know we can <laughs> if we know we can't trust governments today. He said, only one. he said there's only one. There's only one that yeah. I trust but, that walk but, in the flesh among this earth. But if you can't, trust, you guys, if but... you can't trust governments today, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's why I always say never never neglect the, the determination of the doctrine of disbelief. Because the people that don't want you to have knowledge don't underestimate how far they'll go to keep right. you away from it. Right. You know, uh, if, if you look at their father, Lucifer, you know, the, the enemy, you know, it's like it's like look at what he was willing to do. Mm -hmm. He was willing to throw a whole thing off by telling the woman she, she you know, she, she eats of the fruit or if she's intimate with this wisdom and with him that that she will now attain this yeah. godlike status when right. she, she you can't be any more like god than already like god mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. i mean and so he talks you right out of your position uh and talks you right out of you know like you said that seed of doubt right that's how that's how we got in this mess in the first place right. is the seed of doubt was planted with adam and eve uh yep. and i know a lot of women don't like that like saying that but but it was that's how the whole thing started it was the, the yeah. first real family got infected with doubt that's the truth the doubt is a disease and the, the first real family got infected with doubt we've all been affected now here's the thing i don't like how uh i don't like how dude dude you know what's so interesting about what you just said was that and also speaking to howard what he was saying earlier satan he never changes his his uh you know the adversary never changes his plays the playbook is the same. The playbook's the same. it's the same if you look at what happened with azazel and kawan eve in the garden and then she went back and she deceived adam oh you're gonna talk about the spirit then you then you go and you look at the story of abraham they don't flesh it out they don't talk about how the same azazel you know, because they like shapeshift, you know, angels can do that, you know, disguise himself as an old man. And then he went and planted the same seed of doubt into Sarah. <laughs> and what she did was disrupt it, tried to, she tried to disrupt the plan of God when Abraham was given the mission to go sacrifice Isaac. <laughs> right? So, and then when she did that, 
in her mind, just like in Eve's mind. Right. Those things started turning. They started turning. They start, you know, and boom, the result was not good for her, obviously, because well, once she found out that, you know, Isaac was not sacrificed, she had a heart attack or a stroke and died out of excitement. You know, for Adam and Eve, they were uh, excommunicated out, from the dark. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and what I was going to say, what I think is just about what you just said is how the father, this is why I don't care. I want to see everybody doing the work and, and learning this stuff. Even the apocalypse, whatever they told us not to read, read it because you can't, you, know, you gotta, you gotta work out your own salvation with your dribbling. Now, now check this out. Here's the thing. I want to see everybody do the work because from what I've seen of the father, he holds the so, deceived just as accountable as the deceiver. I do want to say this. The Apocrypha is good. I've read most of them at least once, but I don't focus on it too much because I know where salvation is. Right. It's right here in the 66. Now, the Apocrypha is really good for This is why I say this, because new believers, if you're listening, do not get into the Apocrypha until you've at least read Scripture, I would say, two to three times at least. You know what I disagree because with that? Well, it's going to bring confusion to them. Is that's the only because it does have some things that kind of it's it's more difficult to put that all in at once. Let me tell you why I don't agree with it. Uh, the only reason why I don't agree with it is because of the amount of confusion from HBO, Cinemax, to all the. Fables. I didn't now see. Uh, I'm uh, saying if they're uh, in scripture, they're not in scripture. Let me show you what I'm talking about. With all the nonsense from gangster rap, all the stuff, I would rather have a person oh. be pursuing the things okay. of God and being and like having to work that out. Because because the reason why is like we stuff our kids by the time they're five years old. This great opportunity to tune them into the things of right. God, we put fiction and fables and Santa Claus and all this other stuff down their throats, right? And mm -hmm. then when they're, now your daughter and son is acting crazy at 15 years old and you want them to connect to Jesus and they're like, you're not going to get me again. Yeah, you yeah, got me yeah. with Santa Claus. So, you're not going to get me with Yeshua. You're not going to get me. And so I, I'd rather, I, and, I, and the reason why is because one of the most, the worst things that the Council of Nicaea did was take the people's ability to discover truth for themselves. Well, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, I get where you're going because obviously, if you're still out in the world and you're still doing all that craziness, read it all. You're going to be getting <laughs> attacked anyways. But the problem with it, the more knowledge we get, the harder the enemy is going to come after us. And what we that's need right. to have is our strong foundation in the first 66 because we know that these give salvation. These lead us to salvation. Now, the other ones that you add on, I think there's, what, uh, six more or there's, well, there's more than oh, six. there's 16, ones, yeah. like 16, I think it was. Like, I think there's a total of 82 books or something like that. But once you get into those, you start seeing the wiles of the enemy, how he operates. So that's how you start to learn how to combat what he's going to be doing. And we need to first have our firm foundation in Christ Yeshua, yeah. Yahushua, uh, I mean, I say all the names, but y'all get it. I mean, I don't do the whole name thing because I cried out to God and I said, listen, what do you want me to call you? God, the Father, the Frank. Son, the Holy Spirit, Frank, Bob. I'm like, I'm going to call you Abba and that's he's where like, I'm going to leave he's it. He's like, help me. Yeah, well, dude, this is how it was. By the way, by the way Madison, Madison was a Marine too. As oh, well, nice. He was in the Army and a Marine. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, Lee was 82nd Airborne. Yeah. I know you got your jokes, but. You know, and of course, how it was Navy. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. Hey, but at least I was in the Air Force. He likes Air Force. What Lee is saying, there's there's wisdom to it. Uh, but uh, uh, at the end of the day, I think that one of the things that 
we as uh, spiritual leaders, if we want to call ourselves that have been placed in that position, it, we have to be careful not to overlook the one fact that the only true teacher is the set apart spirit of the Father. Come on. So mm -hmm. he's the one that's going to guide uh, us into all knowledge and all truth. Mm -hmm. So uh, in my opinion, I, I think that it's good to to read as much as possible. Um, and before you pick up anything that has been inspired by, uh, by God, uh, to make sure that you're praying first, that you can be led by the set apart Ruach, the spirit of the father. And that way you can, you can be led into all truth. You'll be able to separate the meat from the bone and things of that nature, but to deny, uh, truth, uh, or knowledge from any person to me is akin to mis misleading a little one. Mm -hmm. And we know what scripture says about that. So, and when we, start talking about, when we start talking about uh, foundations and things of that nature, the only foundation that we'll ever have is being able to lean on the name of our heavenly father. Come on. And, and that's it. You know, it, you know, because salvation isn't going to come from a book. Mm. That's just the fact of the matter. Amen. Salvation comes from your relationship with the Father. It's true. It, it, it's true because the the I know I know that on like again that's why I go back to to this side of the rock. Here's the reality, folks, that you all have to accept that everyone has to accept is that we were able to kind of get because of the lack of information. I, one, I hate to say this about we're all vets, so <laughs> I hate to say this about our country, but this was a very oppressive country. Oh yeah. Okay. And so uh, they were not interested in necessarily getting us information from the other side of the world in ancient times. They needed us to have a pride for our nation because they they had their own agenda. Right. And so the Bible is something cute. I know many of us have seen the book of Eli. It was like if we use it, it'll help us structure this nation, right? This this nation we we say that you know they thought they were building from the ground up. Here's the the the, the issue is that the word of God automatically challenges your worldview. It makes right. it makes you hungry to know, well, what was this like? Well, what was that mean? Where did this come from? Next thing you know, you find out, you know, a few years later, a lot of the stuff you learned in church was an error. You find out there was a lot of misinterpretations. Not that the Bible is wrong, right? But the, the way we use language is like like, for example, most people don't know that Hebrew people. <laughs> They don't really speak in adjectives. They, or, or, yeah, they, they speak in verbs. No vowels, no adjectives. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, I remember ready to almost just be like, I'm done. Take me <laughs> home, Lord. Now, when I found out that there is no Hebrew word for maybe. Let your yes be yes. It's no, either no. You, you are or you're not. And, and, and I was just like, so I don't, and this is a real conversation between me and the father. I, I go, I go, okay, God. But if someone asks me if I'm coming over for dinner and I don't know, why can't I say maybe? He goes, well, because what you're saying is no. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm saying I don't know. I'm not sure. And he's like, it's better to say that you haven't decided then. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, are you kidding me? It is like, if someone says, "Are you coming over for dinner?" Tonight? and you say, "I am not. I have not decided yet." But saying yes 
and then not doing it <laughs> or saying no and then showing up. It's like, now we don't have enough meal. We don't have enough food prepared for you. So that was a very, you guys have to understand how like snakish the Roman culture surf, like wrapped around our brains, our spirits, uh, our, our, our perspectives. And th this is what romance is. You say things you don't mean, you, you know, and, and, and you don't follow. That was a very Rome. <laughs> Let's go back to this whole thing we've been talking about. There's power of life and death in our tongues. tongues. See, this is what people don't understand. Like the Hebrews understood this very clearly. They understood that the word of God, when you speak, that's how we all came to an existence, correct? God spoke yeah. and here we are. So yeah. there's obviously power behind our, our our words. So if you're sitting here speaking, and the enemy knows this just as well. Why? Because he was there in the beginning of all this as well. So mm -hmm. when we speak, we have to make sure that we're doing it with purpose. Yeah. So right. listen, listen. Let, let me tell you something about Madison Downs. This, <laughs> this is one of my, when I say after this, I could have died a happy man. This is one of my favorite moments with this man right here. We're on the phone. And someone said he had to be at a meeting. And he said, no, you can't. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, no, no. <laughs> don't tell said, this is your brother right here, man. Yeah. He goes, he goes, no, 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 no. I don't have to be. No way. He was he was running for Congress. He was running for Congress. Oh, wow. And he goes, no, I don't have to be anywhere. She was like, oh, no, you don't have a choice. He goes, listen, those days are over. I, I have a choice. And I was doing whatever I want to do. When I say the whole conversation was tight, it was like, what just happened? Because we don't realize when we let little things be said, mm -hmm. speaking it, over it, us, it's speaking over us. We're lowering our guard slowly, mm -hmm. but language means a lot to you, doesn't it, Madison? Yeah, it does. You know, as a matter of fact, I was just doing a study on the English language and uh, mm -hmm. where it came from and how uh, you're talking about Anglo-Saxon, which changed over to the English language, uh, supposedly a different language of angels and all this sort of thing. It's, it's really fascinating. So, but within the language, you'll find the culture of a people. And so one of the issues, obviously, with misunderstanding scripture and misunderstanding Hebrew text and misunderstanding many concepts that uh, the Father teaches throughout scripture, uh, is a direct derivative of really not understanding the language. Therefore, you don't really understand the culture. And so you're missing the mark. And oh, it's, it's, it's not on purpose, you know, that, and, you know, a lot of this, you know, uh, one of the things like even Lee was talking about when he was showing me the ZZ and explaining to me that I can't remember the name of the snail leader. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, but, it's, it's, it's you know, so in uh, the blue, in the blue, uh, Cord is a representative of the Messianic because the the Hebrews that don't believe in Shiach, it's all white, you know. So, um, but one of the things that uh, is a real issue is the fact that, you know, we have so many people who are trying to really teach from a standpoint of ignorance and they don't realize, you know, that it's, that it's, I didn't say stupid. I'm saying ignorant. <laughs> see, but no, see. You could ask the ex Duke, I would have corrected you probably if you said stupid, because ignorant just means you don't know. Right. That's, that, it's that's just, what the word ignorance means. But, yeah, language that. Means, but yeah. we, when we speak over each other, because we've had this conversation about life and death because of the conversation that we had recently, 
this idea that as brothers and sisters, we have to be mindful of what we say over one another, especially if we truly believe these words. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the culture and the language is, is very important. And, and that is part of the reason why I think that um, it's important. Oh, the other piece I was going to say, like when you mentioned that you had a rabbi, that's why I brought up the ZZ, a rabbi friend uh, gave it to you. And so in my mind, um, automatically, that just understanding our culture that says, okay, so uh, he's a rabbi. He came from the Prushim, which goes back to the house of Hillel, you know, rather than Shammai that came out of uh, Babylonian captivity, which they tried to replace uh, the Hebraic uh, um, uh, Kohanim. You know, and this was really a problem that they had even when Yahushua was walking between the, the Sanhedrin and uh, and the Pharisees, between the, the, the I'm sorry, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And so uh, the, the cultural aspect starts spinning in my head, mm -hmm. just understanding, you know, the history of it all. So just and, so you know, uh, he's a Hasidic, he's actually of the a Hasidic Jewish set. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's still a, he's, yeah, so he's a Pharisee. Yeah. So because the only way uh, that you can be a rabbi is, is if you're coming directly from that from that lineage. Right. Otherwise, you, you can't be a rabbi. And even um, uh, Yoshua, he was very careful about saying, look, call no man, you know, a rabbi. Oh, yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, I even tell him very carefully. I don't call him rabbi. I call him brother. But he puts right. it like even with uh, Duke, our brother Duke here. Or any pastors, most of the time, I'll, I won't even call them pastors. <laughs> I call you, I call anybody and everybody brother because right. I put it like this if you want to put that title on yourself, that's fine, but you better go read Jeremiah 23 and understand that you're going to be held to a higher standard. Yeah. You're going to be held to such a higher standard right. that you might want to be mindful of what position you're putting yourself in. Because for me, I tell them clearly, don't call me pastors, <laughs> I'm your brother. But if God wants me in a position, then God's going to make sure I'm in that position. But I won't take that title, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we live in a generation that, that loves titles. You know, uh, and yeah. to be totally honest with you, when you're, again, I, you got to say the geographical location of where we are today, uh, you know, it was easy to, you know, to, to there, there's that human need to raise yourself up as some spiritual one. You know, this is what happened with Simon the Sorcerer in Samaria, you know, to, to you know, especially before technology, the way your imagination was the technology people use it. That, that's how we ended up jumping and backstroking in a pool of vipers <laughs> thinking we're being holy and then shocked when we got eaten all types of stuff, you know, throwing babies in volcanoes, all that stuff. You know, there's nothing new. We saw this in Genesis where it says that men begin to cry out to God, you know, so there's always going to be a, a, a trying to, uh, you know, get the spirit, find that spiritual thing you know eat cannibalism sac sacrificing to other gods you know all that stuff uh, but when it comes to this thing language you, you it's so important that everybody understands what he just said language you you understand a culture when you understand the language um i do believe that america in order to exist in this country unfortunately everybody has to kind of downplay what mm. they believe uh and, and you don't have to. I'm saying the way it works. Because, like, the Buddhists <laughs> in America are not like the Buddhists, actually. Right. In, like, they're devoted. And it, right. there's, like, like, in America, you got to get a certain shot 
of compromise with everything. And that's what they've been used to. Now that we've been able to have access to the information, right. you, you can't stop it. Now people are rising up. So, and, and so like, I know Howard, um, he's in cybersecurity. A new language has been com communicated. A new language has, uh, you know, come up. And so now with these hackers, right? So it's like, if I have a church and I, I don't I don't want to. I don't got time to learn Hebrew and Greek. Now here comes Howard with his cybersecurity language, and I'm like, bro, I don't want to learn nothing else. <laughs> I would tell everybody, run from that church. If you, once once you when you start defending a tradition or a certain time period where you don't want to learn anymore, and now when Howard comes up and says, hey, you're asking for all these donations on this website. But the site's not secure, and you don't even want to. You want the website, but you don't even want to learn what it means to have a secured site. Mm -hmm. You you've just lost your role as a pastor. You're no longer because now the people aren't safe, especially right. when the wisdom's being offered, and, and, and it affects the reputation of the church and the pastors that leading the church, and it creates doubt within the kingdom. And this is what I'm saying is that when you have a Hebrew. Like like the first Hebrew chaplain in the military period. This is awesome, by the in way. In all the branches, right? So so he he's he's this guy. Now here's what happens, right? If he goes to the church and says, "Hey, this really means this. We need to stop doing this in the church." He becomes the bad guy. Yeah. He, he's a, like this is where it gets weird. Is and then you wonder why people are are wandering into, like even going back into African. You know paganism, because we can't. You know we can't just say that they were off. The, nobody's off the hook when it comes to paganism, because God right. took Abraham and built a nation to Himself out of that. Everybody yeah. else is wrong. You know, it's, it's that simple. So when you out look of the at, Bible, yeah, yeah, or nothing. That's all I gotta and, say. And people. the issue with that is, we're we're at, once you start rejecting wisdom and rejecting learning. You have now become a stumbling block. So can I ask you a question, uh, Brother Madison? Um, sure, anything. Have you ever heard of the English language basically being the reverse of the Hebrew language? Uh, no, but uh, it, that kind of goes along with uh, kind of where I was leaning. Right. When, <laughs> when I mentioned, uh, you know, a different uh, language of angels. Right, know, well, that's it, what I'm saying. That's where it was like it kind of when you said that it yeah. brought to my mind the whole. I might as well say the Holy Spirit brought it back to my remembrance that I can't remember who I was speaking with, and I'll have to look back into it. But they were telling me how the actually I'm, I want to say it was probably Brother Hezekiah, which is the rabbi or Pharisee, whichever you want, which way you want to call him. Um, but I think it was him I was speaking with, and he was telling me how the English language is literally the reverse of the Hebrew language. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's exactly where I was going with it. Uh, I didn't want to go there, you know, on the show. It was just a deeper, because what that leads to is, it goes back to what, my, what uh, Howard was saying, and when I mentioned the playbook of the enemy. And then, then you go back and you start thinking about the uh, 200 watchers when they came down right. and what their plan was with humankind after they had gone in and uh and made it with the daughters of man that was just the beginning uh, it's like when you talk about reverse right so you're talking about bookends 
right? So um, an example of that is if you have a $1 bill, you can turn the $1 bill over. On one end of it, you'll see a pyramid. On the other end of it, you will see an eagle. And what that represents is the bookends of captivity of the children of Israel. People don't understand that. So when you talk about these angels, when they came down and they started to basically deconstruct, try to deconstruct the creation of the father, what did they do? Back then, they started uh, uh, interfering with DNA, uh, with the animals, with the daughters of man. That's how we ended up with the Nephilim and the giants and all that stuff. How do we get the demons? Their spirits were ripped from the giants' bodies during the flood. You know, all these things. But we're talking about the manipulation of DNA. I just want to keep it there because it's deeper. Right. But I'm oh, going to yeah. stop there. Then you come now and you see what's happening in the world. Same playbook. That's the, that's the, that's the full side of this. It's the playbook of Satan. So now what do we have? We have these mRNA things happening. And what do they do? They manipulate the DNA. They manip and see, and why is that important? Because the way that we were created within our DNA is the name of the Father. Come on. But what they've done is these demons have begun to, they tried it in the in the beginning to manipulate the DNA, to deconstruct the creation of the Father. It was done away with. The Father came down, boom, took care of that. Now they're back trying to do the same exact thing, bookends. So the playbook never ends. The issue is, you know, when I was playing football, we did a lot of film study. And so learning that film, learning that film, you learned, you know, the opposition's playbook. Once you knew their playbook, then you knew how to defeat them. Mm -hmm. You knew which moves they were going to make. You you understood their body language. This is what they were going to do. Same thing with spiritual um, growth and maturity. You can call it study. warfare. It was, it was, it was spiritual this maturity spiritual warfare, is a yes. warfare, but, but we're talking right. specifically about uh, exposing enemies. Play. Do you play chess? Do I? Yeah. My daughter's better than I am, but yeah. Okay, same. So I'm in the same yeah. situation. But uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm like, you can't. Beat me. I'm I'm so immature. When she beats me in chess, I'm like, but you can't beat me fighting though. <laughs> it's, all, it's all you got. But she's, she's probably, probably good. She's probably good. You know, but 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 listen to this. Um, yeah. I noticed that people who play play chess <laughs> have more freedom than somebody. I'm 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 afraid to make a decision when I, because I only I haven't committed to practice I haven't committed to really playing mm-hmm. and there I notice that people who are committed to chess can just you know they switching pieces I'm like you can't do that it's like oh no this is just beyond your knowledge you can't move this piece like that they're like you know the, the pawn makes it across the other board they're like give me my queen back I'm like for what I took your queen oh it's like oh no because we, we, we you don't know all the rules. Right. You can right. move beyond other people's knowledge. You right. know what I mean? Like, like there might be a certain thing, a twitch that I have. If I'm you, you watching my playbook, you mm-hmm. know, you know when I'm like, hey, it's a, it's you, you. If you listen on the football field, you'll hear them yell, "It's a blitz! It's a blitz!" It's like, how do you know? We study right. the playbook. We know the right. way that they move. Right. Now, you <laughs> now watch this though. You can be on the team. Here's what's weird about what you just said. 
you can be on the team, but if you're one of those players that's partying uh-huh. and, and, and having a good time, when you come to practice the next morning to watch the playbook, you dozing off, you're not really paying attention. Now you're on the team, you're on the field playing the game, and everybody else knows what's about to happen except you. And I'm comparing this to people that like to stay on a surface. What? Lukewarm. You're right. No matter uh, how you look at it. No I matter mean, how you look at it. You know that's who they it. are. That's what it sounded like to me. I mean, I don't know. You I'm just saying. Want, you just want the hey, here's the other piece of that, dude. Here's the other piece Did you just say that. the poor? Is that what you said, Lee? <laughs> he said lukewarm. Lukewarm. Oh, lukewarm, not the poor. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's like, wait, what? <laughs> and here's the other piece. Here's the other piece for, uh, for you know, leaders is, you know, there's another aspect of football where, you know, you know the play. You know the play. Uh, they they know that you know the play. In football, you know, there comes down to those, we're on the goal line, you know we're going to run it up the gut. Are you going to be man enough to stand there and stop me? Come on. And that's a part of it that leaders have to be weary of because those of us who have studied, we understand that this is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to have the faith? Are we going to have the strength, the maturity to stand there and rebuke it? Come on. Or are we going to fall to a temptation? Mm-hmm. And that that's hard. You know, that, that, that there are some oh, things brother. I hope that are just so difficult to overcome. And, and sometimes we fall. Mm-hmm. And then we have to, okay, forgive me. Uh, let's go again. And guess what? They run the same darn play. Boom. Same play. Yeah. Boom. Same play. Boom. Till you stop it. But see, this is why I've been telling everybody, myself, that the Father's had on my heart really heavily, is this is why everyone needs to get into their scriptures. And not just, I mean, don't rely on your pastors. Don't rely on people. Like, don't rely on the four of us sitting here right now to give you the word that you're going to get for the day. You need to be the one in your word, building your muscles, building up your endurance, because at the end of the day, we all may get separated. Who knows? We may be out on the battlefield by ourselves, and you're going to have to stand against it. And if you're incapable of doing that, then you're going to be the one that's going to fall short, and that's going to be really sad on that day of judgment. I know, man. This is what concerns me, Matt. This is what concerns me, Matt. I'm terrified for the people to say, but Lord, Lord, didn't I do mm-hmm. your will? Didn't I preach in your name? And, like, that is – that is like, it be, it's like, because there's two reasons I'm terrified. I'm like, man, you would have been so much happier just lost. Yeah. But to yeah. actually think you doing the work and then to find out, you're not, it's like, man, just go ahead and party up, man, and enjoy yourself. And then, you're but to think you actually, because you wouldn't go, because here's the thing you can't deny, like, I, I think God, I think the creator is such a good judge that I think that if he knows that all you know is this Bible. And that's all you ever know. And you you are busting your butt. You're living your life trying to feel that. He's like, man, I can work with that guy, right? Because mm-hmm. look yeah. at the way he did Paul, right? But but oh, here's the thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. Like the way, like the, the word, like that's all you know is like, okay, and you died trying your best to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill the word. Like, guys, I got you, man. But once you get into, hey, did you know this part existed? Did you know this? Oh, that doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, yeah. 
it's nothing it's like you Matrix. can do about it. It's like the Matrix, man. It's like uh oh, yeah, took the blue pill. I can already tell you that Madison is family. That's Madison family. is that dude. That Madison is family because you can see how his mind works. Yeah, because a lot of Christians yeah. they would never, they would never. <laughs> like, why did he go from here to here from football to Neo? How's he doing? Yeah. Time out. Right. We got it's the mix. That's, 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 that's that frequency. Pill, you know, it's a frequency. It, it is frequency. He this said is it. a different. Yeah, that Matrix was real. Now, now, yeah. now. This, this is the thing because I noticed. Yeah. And we always, when it comes to these movies, we always want to relate to the heroes, right? Like, that's me. But I tell you, be that careful. That dude eating that steak? Yeah, yeah I exactly. Say, I, I, Cyrus, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, no. Cypher, Cypher. Cypher. Oh, I was going to say, right. you got to watch out yeah, because technically, a lot of times, movies, don't they don't tell you this, but the director will right. make the bad guy as the opposite of the good guy, mm -hmm. right? Or there's that Judas-like yeah. character. Uh, and so... We, as much as we have the ability to be the hero, we also have the ability to be to be like to be the guy Man, that goes. I just, he goes. I know this steak is not real. It's not real, but it's so Man. good. It's, it's, listen, yeah. listen. I've let now, Madison. I'm telling you business. I, I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've had Madison say, "Dude, you not know I can go start a mega church." He guaranteed church five thousand people if he just preached regular in the box Christianity. Oh, wow. He would have a church for why? Yeah, that's what you he want said. to preach them to hell. He said, "I can't do it. I can't." I mean, do I'm it. just gonna be honest. You know what, what we and, want to do here? We and, gonna preach people to hell? And that's what I love about him. He he knows that people would listen. He knows that he's a great leader. But before it comes to submitting to some wormwood preaching, wormwood Ooh. doctrine, Ooh. he would rather say, "Nah, I'll just." I'll minister on social media. I'll minister when you get to know me. I'll bring people in. You know, we'll talk. You know, like I would rather do it this way than be a sellout. Yeah, and, all day, and, every day. Because, and, and that's the reason why I brought up the Lord, Lord, because I realized that's mm -hmm. part of that temptation. I can give you a big church uh -huh. if yeah. you just. Oh, I can give you millions of followers. Yeah. Like, I can do this. I, I know that, that this steak is not real. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's so difficult, man. You know, I think about what you said almost every day, you know, uh, you know, and, and you have to always uh, remain in introspection. You know, you always have to look inward. You know, am I doing this for the right reason or am I doing it for me? Come on, you know, uh, am I am I am I doing it? You know, I profess that I'm doing it for the father. You should really but am I doing it, you know, for, for myself? You know, am I doing it for my family? It, you know, you know, and then you, you know, you go back and forth. Uh, certainly, there are monetary gains. You know, um, you know, there's a certain level of status that comes along with, even if you're doing it and you just have a good heart. But it's very difficult to to tell that line and to remain because you really don't know. You know, it, it, you know, Scripture says what that he. Uh, he examines, I think this was also in Revelation, Lee, where it said that he uh, examines the kidneys and the heart. <laughs> so, you know, we're <laughs> talking about going deep right? within us, you know. So I'm not even deep enough to examine my own kidneys and my own heart. So, you know, it's like, you know, how can we be good enough? And so the... Uh, the answer that I came to is that I'll never be good enough. You know, it's if I see him on judgment day, I know that I'm worthy to go to hell. It doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter how much I think I did. When I see him, I'll know that uh, a just reward for me will be to go to hell. Right. And if he decides to allow me to um, enter into the kingdom, then it's only because of his mercy and his grace. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think people understand that, that none of us really have the for when we And he made it clear. It's not like he's holding back. Uh, and and all, everybody, if it's your first time hearing this or your first time seeing it, everyone's going to be shocked when you find out that your righteousness is filthy, fil rags. filthy rags. And it's yeah. like, wait, I don't even understand what I just said. But but I want to remind you that that if you want to if you want to try to even get a, a little bit of an understanding of what we're dealing with, the the same passionate atheists attack uh, our God, our Creator. Uh, and they say, how can there be a God when there's such sin? And death? first of all, that's kind of a little narcissistic because you're not including that humans are the ones that caused all this mess. Uh, so there's a little, that's a narcissistic perspective. However, uh, the fact that he can just turn away, he could just walk away. He could just destroy everything and leave it alone. Uh, but that's not his desire. His right. desire is to correct uh, to fix, to salvage. That's what salvation is, is he's salvaging trash, basically. Uh, and and how do you know this world is trash? All you got to do is look at what's not going right in your life. The, the you know, the, you know, death, you can fall in love with your dog. And, and this is like a family member. And then the dog passes away. Like death was not supposed to exist in this realm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the, the, the disease that everyone likes to blame on God, that came from man's idea. That came from mankind. Uh, the reason why the earth is not serving us the way we want it to, that's because of man, not because of God. And so the right. fact that God is still pursuing us, um, however, he's not going to be bullied by our need for dysfunction. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, that he's not going to be bullied by our dad. <laughs> So y'all don't know this, but Madison is also a school teacher. And uh, here's what's interesting. So he went from, from like, you know, leading soldiers to leading, you know, the future. And the one thing I know, because I am I would have loved to have him as a teacher. I think, I think, no. um, I think. But one thing I know, <laughs> one thing I know is that, well, I'm not sure how, and I'm not, I haven't decided on that. But but if I can do it all again, I, I think I might because he looked cool. But I don't, I don't know. It's scary. It's, scary. it's a scary situation. But because you let me up. let me tell you why. Let me be because <laughs> discipline has become such a curse word, and he's not bullied by the political system. He's not bullied by parents. He's like if you're in his class, like there is no mom to hide behind. Why did you talk to my child this way? That with him, you're dealing with, you know, th that he has made peace with the principle of discipline. You know what I mean? Uh, and we've had some, uh, I've had some very intimate and tough conversations with parents. Yeah. About the about the behavior of their, their children and what the, the norms are going to be in my classroom and what I expect. And, you know, it's all out of love. But, um, you know, you're not going to be bullied by them. No, it's not going to happen. You happen to know like the full scripture scripture you were explaining. I'm sorry. I've still been looking up yeah. the kidney and heart thing. Yeah. Let me think. 
If, I mean, just I don't, I'm not saying if you know the whole, um, like you don't need to know exactly where, just like the context of it all. So I can look. I'm looking it up. I, I think like the, it, I think it's going to be in Revelation either three or four. Mm. That's so so good because I mean the way he had made the body, it is going to represent you know so much. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I think that that one of the reasons why it's so important for us to carry our faith. Two, three, or four. In, the reason why it's so important to carry our faith into reality is because your faith is going to not be tested at your, at, at your church or whatever. Your faith is going to be tested in your reality. So is Madison Downs this great leader? You know. Uh, well, yeah, when he was on the battlefield in the, in the military, or yeah, when he played for the Kansas City Chiefs, or yeah, when he was running for Congress. But what about these little kids? Can I? Can we put him in? It's almost like the the kindergarten cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can we? Can can will he stand by? Will he keep his faith uh, when he's with these little kids, and they have kind of parents with their own belief system? Can he hold the standard of God there? The answer to that is yes. However, we, we're seeing the toxicity come in through that very same school system. You know, it, it, the American school system has become a place where people of faith are compromising. You know what I mean? Like, if I, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that if I ask Madison to call my son, my son wants to be identified as a woman, as a girl, I'm pretty sure Madison now is going to reject that. Is that correct? So ask the question again. If I asked you to, if my son wanted to be identified as a woman, and I oh, asked you, no. I can't. So there's nothing I can do to make you say, "My son's a girl when he's a boy." No, because I couldn't do that because then I would be in direct conflict with the father. Mm, you know, and because then I, then I would be, I would be misleading a little one. And uh, you know, the the whole purpose of education is not to create confusion. Right. And so, you know, that is confusion. You know, obviously, you're not a little girl. You so if know, I said know. I would, so if I said I would take you, so I'm going to go to the higher ups and I'm going to go to because would you be willing to lose your job over it? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose my job, but you, yeah, I'd be willing to go to court. I'd be willing yeah. to sue you for a, for a workplace harassment. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. here's what I, here's what I think that people are folding too quick. I think people are folding at the rumors. I don't, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it's like, hey, so-and-so want to fight you after school. Mm -hmm. There's an anxiety that you would have until – now, I didn't experience this, but I know people experience Me, I was more like, why wait until school? Let's just do it right mm -hmm. now. Uh, wait, why wait after school? Let's do it right now. But there's this anxiety. And, what, and the reason why I got like that is because I found the anxiety of waiting for the fight after school was worse than the actual fight. Waiting for the anxiety, mm -hmm. the anxiety mm -hmm. itself was worse than the actual fight. So I would always be like, "Well, let's just fight right now. We're not waiting for after school. We're gonna fight right now." And the reason why I bring this up is because I noticed that this generation of believers, they will cower at the rumor of something before they actually like it's almost like we, we've become so anything that if the enemy just pokes at our comfort zone a little bit they will cower you know what i mean you, you know yeah. the, the, it's like we don't want to we don't somebody told us that we weren't supposed to go through anything as believers mm -hmm. you know and then as soon as there's oh, you a, didn't know it's supposed to be easy <laughs> 
That's then, all I got to look that up and, a little and, later, and I guess. When, I still and, can't find it. And when discomfort shows up, when discomfort shows up, then all of a sudden, we, you know, we're falling apart. You know, uh, we're a yeah. little pressure. When I'm like, well, which Bible are you reading? Because uh, the, the Messiah actually told us that persecution was going to come for righteousness sake, not just his name's sake, but also for righteousness sake. You know I what think I mean? That's not what he said. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> uh, said two and twenty-three. Oh, so he says two and twenty-three. Two and twenty-three. Revelation yeah. is two and twenty-three. Yeah, I believe it's there. I believe it's there. <laughs> you believe it's there? Yeah. Oh, you're good. I'm just sitting there. I'm trying to. It's fascinating, isn't it? Well, I was like, I was trying to see. I want well, mainly because I want to. If it's there, I want to make sure that we the people also know. Searches the reins and heart. So that must. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's the okay. So you're looking at a King James version, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have so, to take uh, it over here to my strong concordance. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. So now I see what you're talking and about, and that, but but everybody gets to see what we so all been talking about. Yeah. So this is where, like, this is why this is why you have to check, and this is what we do. So whenever I went there, I couldn't find what he was saying, so I asked the question. Right. Mm -hmm. So he said it's in it's it's Revelations two twenty three, and the word that you see in the King James version is actually reigns, which is, is nephros in the Greek. So then you take it and you go to the Strong's concordance, go to that word in revelations two twenty three, which is reigns, click it. And it says of an uncertain affinity, a kidney, i.e. the inmost mind reigns. Right. So yeah. And what's crazy about that is that in European culture, they identify the brain as the most important part but in Hebrew culture, you'll say they'll say it's the belly. It's the that this is the system that runs everything. That this is where, and, and I and I'm like, wow, you know, look how if you're not really seeking your salvation with I'm fear and trembling, you will just believe anything and not even mean to. So that, I mean, that's like him searching not just our hearts, but the innermost parts of. I mean, like the innermost like being of you, like. Dude, you better take every thought captive. Everybody. That's Genesis 6. He flooded the whole earth. It's he said he flooded You know what you're doing here, Brother Madison. You're like amplifying my spirit and causing me to be like, Duke thinks he's had it bad. Now, nah, just wait. Actually, he enjoys this. Because like, you know how you were sitting there saying, you know, the enemy's playbook? Duke right. knows my playbook. He's like, <laughs> I know, I can see it coming. There. Wait, wait. Oh. Let me that button. And yeah. he watches me just go. Y'all so, oh, listen, dude. Day. I love it, brother. Like this is what you know. Like, so listen, it, it to me, it, it goes back to the Potter's wheel. Mm. You're talking Ooh. about, you're talking about somebody. If you're talking about, you can you can examine my kidneys and my heart. Mm -hmm. It makes me think about, wow. This is, I mean, this is a person who put me together. This is the person who formed Adam out of out of the the dust in the ground. Mm -hmm. So. How could I be good enough? Mm. Well, you know, I can't. I there's nothing that I can do that it doesn't matter. You know, well, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. You understand you know, how silver is processed, right? I'm sorry. Have you heard the silver analogy, the dross? How, no, no. How, there's this. Whenever a silver, a man, a craftsman, I guess, of silver is having mm -hmm. to purify silver, it is actually a very it's it's time consuming and it's very you have to stay very watchful over the silver as the dross is being purified out and it's being cleaned and it's only at that precise moment 
where it's all done. You can't leave it too long or you ruin it. So you got to get it at that exact moment. And that's kind of how he's doing us. And I want to say it was Proverbs or uh, Psalms 2 or something like that. Line. I had to look it up again. But it talks about the removing that dross of mm. silver. And that's what he's doing with us. And he has us over that refining fire watching us, mm. making sure that we don't stay in too long or too short, but getting mm. us to that point of purified silver at its purest form. Mm -hmm. And then that's when he removes us from the fire. Mm. And that's what our trials and tribulations and our sufferings are for. It's that fire, that, that refining fire that the silversmith is sitting there watching for, watching for that perfect reflection mm -hmm. of himself. Because mm. that's what he sees when yeah, the silver I was is ready. Say, I was you see say that, that perfect that, reflection that, of him in there. That's good because I think that's that good. the purifying fire, like like he's building a family. Mm -hmm. you know, and mm. That's what he really wants ultimately as a family. And, and I, I want to put this out here. Uh, because I, I don't think maybe sometimes uh, because of the distortion of our culture, I don't think we understand the heart of, of, of the creator mm -hmm. is for a family. And uh, the purifying fire is to get off that worldliness. It's not just the flesh, but it's also uh, the consciousness, the things that we accept in our spirit that are just untrue. And mm -hmm. that, are, that are deception that because the, the one thing I tell people is that he's not allowing sin uh, back in heaven. He's mm -hmm. not allowing that rebellion that 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 the uh, the fallen did. He's not allowing that to ever happen again. So we it is worth the purifying fire. Some people might say, why is he allowing all this pain and suffering? Because it's better to happen here than in eternity. It will not be tolerated in, in eternity. And those that get eternity are, are going to be those that he deemed as faithful servants. These yeah. are the ones that are going to be... And, Proverbs oh, 25. Sorry. And the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, before you throw on your pity party uh, about how, how tough things are, uh, and, and I want to say this specifically uh, to anyone who claims to be family-oriented. You will not be more family-oriented than someone who shares the heart of the father. Come on. All right. Because we're all three fathers here. And right. so uh, no disrespect to anyone that doesn't have children or, or who hasn't had children yet. As three fathers, we know that we have a different conversation with the father. Uh, we've been we've been invited to a, a, a high like an intimate conversation. We know what we would do for our families. We know how. So when we, when it comes down to flooding the earth, well, we get it because we're like, yeah, yeah I, I would. I don't want because we we think legacy. We think you know I, well, how how are my children doing? We go yeah. ahead. You know, you know, I'm just saying that we call him the father because that's who he is, and the fact that he invited us and trusted us with this position. To be fathers, I just need everybody to understand. Uh, sometimes we can get crazy. You want to know why? Because you, you met our father. You, I think that's what I'm saying. It's like you met our father. You, you know, when they say, "What would Jesus do?" You do realize that that you know, chasing people with the whip and turning over chairs is within the realm of That's what he would do. Hey, listen, he took the time to break that whip. That was, that was when he got done. He said, all right, here we go. Yeah, this, is, this was pre-braided. Like yeah. this, you know what I mean? But, but there's also, and that's what I'm saying, I noticed, the reason why I'm bringing this up specifically, realistically, is I, I, I can't ignore all your, we talk about language and the culture, but I can't deny that what has suffered the most in American culture? Mm. Families. Family. 
And I'm like, that's an attempt. I, I, I don't care how smart you are. You can say, we're just trying to figure out what's best for the people. No, it's an attack from the enemy. Families are under attack. I noted, but then there's a key person in the family that I can't help but notice is also under attack. Fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting told we're either too strong, we're too aggressive, we're too for, we're overbearing. They try to attack the very nature of what a father is supposed to be, and that's protective over his flock, over his family. Right. right. And it's like they attack it to such a point to where now men don't even feel like they can be men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what they want to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they I'm try to take a family. Because yeah. like, like there's a, a dude supposed to come to our house where we take care of our daughters. <laughs> You're going to just tell us, I'm here to pick up your daughter. You don't know nothing about this dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all don't even know Madison's sending a message mentally. He's sitting there like, like, dude, you know. You know. Ain't no yeah. going up here. <laughs> I like the side mouth. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah but. No, time out. Time. I got some friends, you know. That, Is that he the one make you act right. that you were meaning the message that day? No, no, oh, no, no, no. I'm gonna say, no, me no. and Madison about to have a conversation. Then. <laughs> no, 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 he's not the one, he's not the one. But, but here's what happened not, not like, like, this is what I'm saying is that they, they want to, like, you, you coming downstairs, some, some dude in your refrigerator, <laughs> and he wearing, you know, your daughter's pajamas. Oh, and he's like, wait, yo, what are you, oh, what are you doing here? Like, oh, I spent yo. the night last night. Like, you can be a father as long as you have nothing to say, anything goes. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and let me tell you all the movie that I preach from in this situation. I actually preach from Taken because the father was trying to tell him <laughs> Europe is not the place you think it is. This is not some MTV music video. Yeah. The mother, ladies, just work with me on this. Just, just, yeah, I know you may have you ever seen this before or heard this. The mother is like, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. And because she has a new man now who could really care less and he got money. So, the, the father's the only one that, that that knows what Europe is really like, you know, and, and then the, the underground sex trafficking world and, yeah. and the mom and the stepfather team up against the real father, lets her go on that trip. She goes on the trip, ends up getting kidnapped. I think she was like seven, 16 yeah. years old, oh, six years, 16 years old, ends up getting kidnapped. And the rest of the movie, he's destroying the city. <laughs> to get to his baby. But the thing girl. about it is, at the end of the day, the father gets his child. But but look how many people had to suffer for, for the father to get his child. And you know what I mean? And that's what I mean. Right and, there. But but my point more than anything. But the father suffers is, the most. Let me tell you something. The, fa- the family and the children. The family that allows the man to be the man as he submits to the father, that family will win. All day, we got to get America out of our families. The yeah. government out we gotta of. Got to get families. the world, yeah. just the world. We might as well just put it that we got to get the world out of our faith. We got to get the world out of our our houses. We got to get our. We got to get the world. We've been pulled out of the world. Now it's time to get the world out of us. Yeah, it's the whole easy up thing all over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sure. the whole. Like, that's the whole prodigal son story, right? Yeah, that's what it's about. You know, that's about the pruning and. You know, the going through the discipline, all that stuff. Uh, what you I, mentioned about the the silver, 
Oh. But Madison, I'm not gonna sit here and act like you didn't just blow my mind with the prodigal son story. That's one of the ones I thought I had down. Nope. I thought I knew it. But revelation. when you connected to Ephraim, and I'm just like, more, this more, dude trying to take over my radio more. show. Come on, yeah, this dude trying to take over my radio show. Yeah, he was here. Hey, you might as well be on here. Yeah, Come he on, dude. where are you at? He came here last time. He came here. I'm way up in DC, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? He's a DC. <laughs> Matt, what? This DC, the one that's close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. April fourteenth, I'll see you there. Come on. Yeah, we will be there. Right. I'm coming. Oh, dude, I'm. Co oh, we coming prayer hey. and fasting, brother. Hey, look. Hey, that sounds wonderful. This dude. This dude. That's dude. I'm telling you, dude. This is just crazy. No. Hey, listen. He yeah. was funny. Oh. He was so funny, man. Is that that? Like he comes on the radio show, and I start, man. I'm I'm going deep, man. I'm like da 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 da, and he was just like. Let me help you out with something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my show. Dude like, thinks was, much higher than me. That, uh, yeah, me that, oh, sure. But it was, so it was the way you did it. It was so cool. The way you did it, you said, let me help you with something. Let me you know what I mean? Let me give you a little work. You do the same thing. You're like, <laughs> I, you're like I see where you're going, brother. But, <laughs> but God. Yeah. yeah. But, God. yeah but, but and this is the thing. First of all, I want to tell everybody, we should rejoice. Mm -hmm. When God sends us brothers that iron shopping iron and, and help us out, we should rejoice over that. Uh not be like, man, you know, when he was like, let me in. I was like, Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause because you because I you know, you 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 give you know what's funny is most people are always trying to find people that think like them, approve them, no matter if they're right or wrong. Those are the people that's going to destroy your life. Yeah. They will you want to be around people that's trying to pursue the father mm -hmm. and, and be like, yo, like, because we, we don't care if we wrong. We want to be so, made right. So hold up, hold up. Madison, do you, you, if you need a correction, are you going to accept it? <laughs> and listen, man, even while you guys are talking, you know, I'm thinking, you know, the mindset that, that we need to always keep is, look, I'm in this uh, pit of despair and uh, please reach down and pull me out of it Come on. because right. uh, so that's uh, that's where my spirit is. Um, so the answer is yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, always the reason why I ask is because as a brother, seeing how we have just met, really, this is the first time we've ever talked. Right. If you ever hear me or see <laughs> me or find me in error and you say you're my brother and you love me, you best correct me. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell you right here and now. <laughs> Max is like, that's not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's like, I'm an officer. That's yeah. not a well, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm that type of person where yeah. I mean I take scripture quite literally. And right. those that God loves, he corrects. So if yeah. I love somebody, I'm gonna correct you if I find you in error. And I yeah. hope and pray the same from you because I don't want to be here when it's cast into the pit in the pit of fire for all right. the I don't want to be. I want to be in heaven with our Father. So if I need that extra correction, I beg you, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, to correct me. You know, I it's interesting that you uh, that you mentioned the the pit of fire, and you know, you know, obviously that the connotation also that comes along with that is, you know, just uh, just anguish, right, mm -hmm. and and just suffering, right. Um, you know, there are so many people walking around today who are already living in hell in their mind. Mm. You know, when you talk about, say, for example, if there's something you do somebody wrong or you've done something wrong and you haven't repented, you haven't tested you. Uh, 
Uh, and hell is knowing that, or a portion of hell is knowing that this was wrong. And it, it just replaying over and over and over and over in your mind. And a part of I, I, what I think hell, and this is just me, I don't mean to sound like Paul, you know, but, you know, being in a place where you know that you've done something wrong, uh, you refuse to repent, you refuse to ask for forgiveness, you, you refused whatever. Right. And now you're stuck in a place where there is none. There's no forgiveness. And, oh. and it's replaying in your mind over and you can't cry out. You can't you can't get that that forgiveness. You can't because see, forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for us, right? It, right, it relieves right. us of our burdens. Right. So if you can't get that, then it weighs on you more and more and more. And it just turns in your mind like like a worm just digging away. You know, uh, and so that's a portion of hell that a lot of people are walking on earth dealing right with. Well, yeah. hey, listen, by right you saying that, listen, yeah. you've probably, I don't know if you've heard this saying before or not, but there's this saying that for believers, and when I say believers, I mean true believers in our Father, right? In Jesus Christ, Yeshua, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. True believers, not these make believers, but true believers. Mm -hmm. Earth is the closest to hell we will ever get. Yeah. But for those non-believers, make-believers, yeah. yeah. earth is the closest to heaven they will ever get. Yeah. And yeah. that right there has been something that's resonated with me for some time now because I'm like, dude, this is hell. Like, yeah. to me, this is hell. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I love my brothers and sisters. I love, I love doing the fellowship. I love going out preaching yeah. the gospel and trying to save souls. Yeah. But man, this is hell. This is yes. like I know what's waiting for us. I felt it, man. I felt just a. I'm talking. Yeah. The night I seen the face of our of Christ, I felt just a portion. I'm talking. It was a portion of the joy that we will receive when we get home. Mm. And let me tell you something. Tears. It provoked. I'm talking like if you ever seen a cartoon where they that guy they go full like face covered in tears, just pouring out and spew. That's basically what was happening. And it was, wasn't sadness. It was joy that he allowed me to feel in that moment. Like, mm -hmm. and it was this overwhelming joy. Like you, I couldn't stop crying. I was mm -hmm. like, it was just, but they were just pouring out of me. I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. But that's the joy that I know. And I can only imagine the fullness of that joy when we get home. Like, I, I mean, it's just that extreme. Like, and still blows my yeah. mind thinking about it at this yeah. very moment. Well, yeah. listen guys, we, we, we are about out of time. Uh, we uh, well, we're not on the radio. We're doing the stream yard, but Madison, you gotta yeah. come back on, bro, man. You gotta come Listen, back. It's on, only man. like a four-hour drive, brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to DC until April. Yeah, bro. I can't go to DC till April. Send right, me bro. an invite, and then we'll we'll, we'll see whenever if we can. We're, whenever we're on yeah. live, we'll see you an invite yes. uh, because there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. I do want to say that uh, you know I know that there's different opinions on what's going on in Israel and all that other stuff. Listen, guys, this is a place where we welcome conversation, first yeah. of all. And I wanted everybody, all the, the people who want to participate, uh, you can share your faith, you can share your ideas, you can share your beliefs, but mm -hmm. you know, we're always going to be respectful. Uh, but the one thing I would ask is that everybody has an ear for truth to follow the timeline because mm -hmm. there's a lot of relief 
Because I know your guard can go up. I know that there's, if, if you're honest with yourself, there's a lot of conditioning and training that we will need your reactions and stuff. But if you listen to somebody who can follow the consistency, it's like, oh, like if, if you learn how to respect someone's knowledge, you can learn so much more than just defending your position. And so you might find out, uh, sorry, for my cinematic people will understand when I go, yeah, uh, when I say shield is Hydra, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know like, like shield is Hydra, the, the cinematic Marvel fans, you know, when they found out the good guys were the bad guys and the bad guys were the good guys, all that stuff, it gets weird. But all you got to do, if you really want to figure this thing out, they call the scripture says prophetically good is evil. In the last days, they'll call good and evil and evil good in the last days. Also look at, uh, why were people considered the word terrorist? Also consider that. That's another big word. How do we use the word terrorist? You know, uh, is it that you're a terrorist when you say something against the government who's also been oppressive? Or is, or do you say, because because one thing. Or you're a patriot. Or you're, you're, you're like, well, even the word patriot. I would ask you, I would ask you, this is how you know if you can be trusted or not, even with a biblical understanding. If the word zealot to you is a derogatory term, then you might not know what you're like. Because remember, you might not need yeah, to you may not. Show. You're right. You, you might be a little confused because even if no, if, the, if the if the I, if zealots were identified as the Romans as mm-hmm. terrorists, then that should tell you where we get our fundamental idea of what a terrorist is. Is anyone that comes up against Rome? Rome. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that that'll that's so that's just so you know, you know, there's a lot of so it's like so are you getting your information and perspectives from heaven uh and then interpret it through media today, or are you actually in tune with the, the scripture? So that that's all I'm saying is that this is a big boy show. And if you, if you get on this show, make sure you know your stuff because you can get thumped. You know, like, <laughs> like, right, right. but out of love, out of love, out of love, and I don't want anyone. I don't want anybody to see it as uh as like beating up on you or anything like this. Just because I know you can come in with you know strong, you know, uh, like you can come in with your defense of why Santa Claus exists, and we're gonna tell you that he. That, and we're gonna show you. 90 different ways where he does it, you know. Well, you know uh, Santa, you, Satan, whatever. Santa, say, but we're going to do the same thing with, you know, uh, you, you're dealing with people, just so you know, on this particular program, you're dealing with, <laughs> <laughs> you're dealing with people that actually know what they're talking about. And so Maybe. just please don't get, don't get hurt. You can test you know, the theory. I just, I feel like my mom right now. I feel like my mom, who, when I was little, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I was like a chihuahua, so I couldn't see. So I'm like five years old wanting to run on the high school football field where kids will actually run over you. And she's like, no, don't let them on the field. Like, you know, so I couldn't wait to get to high school and play football, you know. But uh, when I played, when I got to high school and played football, I had the privilege of going to, um, uh, the hospital? The, a, a college game, a college game, and that's when I knew that football was no longer what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it, gets, it keeps going. It just keeps going. And then you get to the NFL. It's like, oh, yeah, I definitely don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I would have hated to be on the field with Madison Downs. Nah. <laughs> Listen, I was only five foot tall. I still push you around. Uh, nah, nah, I got man. the Holy Spirit rolling uh, in front of me. Nah, well, I didn't at the time when I was on the field. I was, I was like, can we hug this out? <laughs> but, but uh, no, but seriously, you know, like, guys, when it, 
don't come on a program like this with your pride or your cliches. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're coming with the word because mm-hmm. we do know what we're talking about. But we are all open to ideas. Oh, yeah. uh, so if you ever, if you ever, anybody, here's a rule for this program: anybody that sends me a request to say let me in, we'll let you in. <laughs> you know, come so, correct. Just make sure you know what you're talking about. I love you, Madison. Hey, man. Love you, you, brother. Love y'all back. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, yeah. 